0: Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're gonna go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this
1: episode, mahalo.
0: All right, well guys, welcome back to the Craft Impero Podcast. You're here with your host, The Viking.
1: And a burby cowboy.
0: And we are joined by Uncle Eddie uncle eddie uncle eddie <laughs> okay we'll, we'll get you a new one then senor eduardo
2: <laughs>
0: and uh silent jim he's Jim. Uh, Pondhopper mark will be here in a few minutes <laughs> but uh we were out here at cigar vault here in pacific missouri um hanging out today we're gonna cover a bunch of crazy different topics um there's gonna be a lot of tasting going on today. Uh, I'm actually excited about that spring bank. I meant to mm-hmm. tell you that earlier. Um good stuff. Is that Broglati or Octamor? uh Broglati makes Octamore? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. alright. Um and then we're gonna get started. So what do you what did you start smoking on? This is the uh Patel number six. Nice, nice. And then uh we're firing up the Monte Cristo Espadas. These are the uh, Placencia Blended Cigar for Altidus for their Monte Cristo program. Um, phenomenal cigar, I haven't smoked one in a while, I was just talking about I haven't seen them in forever. Um, so we're going to cut those and light into those. What uh? What are we starting with? You going.
1: Well, this is, I don't have the bottle in front of me, just, but it, it's Duke's Founder Reserve. Yeah, right. Cheers. The Cheers. Duke. Cheers, That's water.
3: That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Just drink something yeah don't close the water
1: because i have the other two dukes but this one i don't have and it's really good i think founders reserve this is the one that's finished in tequila barrels
4: I believe perhaps perhaps not i don't know that's it that would be interesting I, i know i know they have
0: one that was done that way i know they did one in tequila barrels um then they did, of course, fresh American oak, and then it's got to be subtle pork, pork something flavor, right? Because tequila. I, th- I mean, I guess it would. Well, actually, it doesn't really matter It's a boiling point because tequila doesn't change till after that, right? But <laughs> yeah, a lot of it. I mean, I guess it would. It would be. I guess you veget- Like a vegetative state would yeah. kind of come through on it, right? How is it? good it is good we had on his birthday um, the night of our event up at Lit the Still Whiskey event Um, he had actually gotten me two years ago before Duke rebranded or didn't rebrand but they remodeled their bottle display there's an old uh, an old bottle that's uh, we don't have a bottle that looks like it but Kind of a medicinal-shaped bottle, and it's actually got John Wayne and a silver silhouette in the front of it. It says nice. the Duke. You know, he got it for it for, for Christmas, and then or for my birthday a few years ago. Then on his birthday, I pulled it out and we finally opened it. We had never fucking opened it. So, um, still good juice.
4: Nice and aged. I went this. This pairs well with the cigar. Yeah. I got the 1910 old. Yeah. Double yeah.
0: up. Um, these are fucking great, by the way. <laughs> yeah, oh, so excited about them. Like, Forty-five bucks—you can't beat well, that.
3: yeah, best cutter is. You know, right, right, exactly. Now I just want to sue
0: Amazon. Like, no, <laughs> the like, yeah, price like, point's
3: wrong, bro. Oh,
0: <laughs> it's a multi-tool too. You like, know? fucking Uncle Eddie tells me <laughs> I can't, man. I'm using it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that is what it is. Senor Eduardo, <laughs> Uncle Eddie is. Edgar, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. Ooh, the public. The
4: poet. <laughs> 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 the Pope. Uh
0: So we're here at Cigar Vault, like I said. Um, great to be back. Last time we were here, we podcasted after uh, golf. Yes, sir. Yeah, and then we went to Cybergs.
2: Yeah, it was a
0: fun time.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. How's um how's that cigar going so far? It's like you said, man. I'm getting a lot of light chocolatey notes, but the whiskey is. Well with
0: that. So you're, you're on nineteen ten, yeah. Old Forester? Yeah. Yeah. Was that you and I having the Old Forester conversation a few weeks ago? Uh, people uh, kinda of bash on it, but it's like oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah, no, solid it's whiskey across the
4: board. Nineteen twenty. This year is nineteen twenty or you know, twenty twenty two is actually better than the year before. Uh, no, I think Heaven Hill's my favorite juice, and that's that's his fault, but I mean, but they're rye. Right. Old Forester Rye is like that's yeah.
0: $34 still now,
4: still, and I never,
0: I had never even had that until, uh, that's right, three years ago, I was in Herman and I ran into, like I ran into Rusty up there at Hogshead, yeah. and we're sitting there, we're sitting out back smoking, and he pulls his bottle, and I was like, what's that? He goes, Old Forest of Rye, man, I didn't know Old Force of rye. and Old Forest of Rye, he goes, yeah, solid, I mean, man, we, two, solid. we killed two of those bottles, yeah, like, oh, right <laughs> it was, pretty like, really oh, yeah, expensive, yeah. too.
4: Inexpensive,
1: right? The yeah, great Manhattan, yeah.
0: 30, I think it's still $34. It was in
4: Deerberg's the other day. Right. And I'm st- I'm starting to get in more into Rise, that's why I bought that uh, that Alberta Castrate premium. So you can, well, I'm it. glad
0: you're getting into Rise because I brought this castle and key okay. that uh, the Mad Russian got me for my birthday this weekend, and um. I wanted to bring that because we've talked about Castle and Key in so many different aspects over this podcast over the years, and we've never had a Castle and Key on. So we liked it. It was good. Saturday? Yeah. I think we'd bring it back and play it a little bit. Yeah, it was good. I was trying to think.
1: It seems like we did one a long time ago, maybe our first year in a podcast. Seems like we did. Well, we
0: did blade and bow, but blade and bow that's, is not castle and key, is it? That's what I'm thinking of. Is, it, is, I, that, I,
4: is that is that a a high ride? Uh, it's a cast straight ride. So it's 100% ride. Straight ride, yeah,
0: 120 or 119.8. It's called restoration ride. So um, castle and key does a lot like what whistle pig did for the longest time when Pickroll was still sourcing from MGP. He'd pick whiskey, <coughs> right? Bring it over, then cask it, age it, X amount longer, so on and so forth, and then finish it. So Castle and Key kind of does what MGP does with their orphan barrel series. They get these barrels, they finish them out, they give them nicknames, they do this, they do that. This was a, the, the rye used on this was Castle and first heirloom crop to grow from the new plot lines they had planted however long ago to create that bottle. So this is their stuff? This is their stuff, yeah. And it's a 22 single barrel. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's good. I'll tell you that, it was, we enjoyed it. So we'll definitely get into that a little bit. Um, so rainy day, let's go ahead and talk about that uh, That Monday Night Football
1: game. Let's get that out of the way. (laughs) Well, I'm just... My thought is, Dallas don't get excited. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dallas fans don't get excited. Because, like, is that the first playoff win they've had in, like... 1995. Right. But I'm just saying, don't get excited. Because I think the Bucs played, like, probably the worst game they played all year. Yeah, well, the last... So, I'm just saying...
0: Well yeah they gotta play the they nighters, just they so that's just
4: not they just passed uh, Brady for <laughs> wins in the playoffs. Yeah. He had like thirty five or so. The like team the organization. Yeah, you're right, right. the organization the
0: organization passed the quarterback which is for crazy. wins. Uh yeah, that game was that game was wild, man. What three straight
3: extra points missed? Five.
4: Three well, total, in a row? Yeah, yes, three. Oh, three, three, in, three in, in a row. row. Yeah, he missed three, three in a row. Five yeah, total.
3: In that he missed game, from he missed the other game. game. Yeah. Two. But three in a row. Just your I up. thought it was
4: four in that game. Oh,
0: four in that game, yeah. one in yeah. the previous game, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. five yeah. total somewhere. But yeah.
4: I know he was... Me- well, that's already in your head, man. If you missed two, you know, one or two... And
0: was- you could tell because he missed two right, and then he's like, yeah, got it, got it. Then misses the next one left. Yeah.
4: Maybe overcompensating. Oh, f- I feel for the guy, man. That is brutal. That is brutal.
1: I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that. But it's a
4: chip no. shot. It's not like you know. It's. It's not like for him. It's
1: probably not even that difficult.
4: Right.
0: Then he comes out and he makes that forty-one or whatever the hell it was that last kick and whatever. The, the game
4: that surprised me was the comeback. Jacksonville coming back. I didn't see that come t- I That's. I that is, you,
0: I don't understand. Oh, the
4: Chargers just gonna give up
0: that. Well, that that not necessarily. I don't think that was the Jaguars coming back. That was the Chargers coming off the gas because four interceptions,
4: right? Yeah. Back, like and you know, it was like that back to 27-0,
0: yeah. and then you lose
3: twenty-seven seven and a
0: half. Twenty-seven seven, sure, but yeah. so you lose. I like.
3: <clears throat> I don't what, know, that's what, man. That's what's good about you know the playoffs, man. But Jacksonville's been pulling you know the second half. Yeah, they're a second-half team. Yeah, that one won you a Super Bowl, but they'll, they'll keep you in, in game. Right? Not yeah. Saturday. It won't
1: <laughs> they get on rolls. You know, they'll get things going and get on a roll, and then something derails them, and they're lost for a little bit, then they get back on a roll. but.
3: Really uh, say, are they uh, Are they playing
1: four No, they're yeah.
3: playing KC. The Jaguars play Kansas City. Oh, yeah,
0: they're done. The Cowboys play the Niners. Cowboys and Niners.
4: Yeah. Yeah, both of them are done. Both of them are done. Yeah,
3: I think so. Coming with the,
4: the Niners night. got Birdie, right? Yep. And that dude's been balling, oh, man. Great. Yeah, but it's of, also easy to ball when you got, you know, you got that that whole crew. You know, yeah, but McCaffrey, you got Diva. I still
0: think probably in the past twenty years, with the exception of Eli trading from San Diego to New York, mm-hmm. I've never seen a career turn around like Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey in Carolina looked like he was going to be one of those all-star athletes that was going to fizzle out just because of injury, etc. He yeah. traded in what week eleven? Yeah. And he's put up. He's like setting. He's touching on old Niner records
4: in eight weeks. See, I looked at it different than you. I, so I like I always knew that he was like superstar status, but the injuries were worried. But that happens all of them. Like they all. You know, have injured. Yeah, but normally they get they
0: get injured and come back and they're with their team though. Like it's they're where they're at. It's not that he got injured and came back. It's that he got injured and like his his level of play went through the roof when he went to California. Maybe it's just the offense works better for him. Maybe it is
4: what he's just enjoying it more. I don't know, but
0: his level of play because
4: Carolina was I mean, he was the only guy in Carolina. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> And he was still balling. He was mm-hmm. still playing good, but it's just, you got to carry the whole load, man. But when you're the only threat, <clears throat> it's easy to aim at the only threat. Exactly. Yeah. I'm impressed by that dude, man, how, how much vision that dude has, like when he's running. Like, and and I didn't know he was that slick and that fast. Yeah. Because I, I, I rarely watched, you know, Carolina. Because they're a team that's like, you know. I wouldn't I don't
1: have any reason to play, you know. Weren't you surprised by, I I still don't think Buffalo or Cincinnati's playing very well. I mean, Cincinnati should have lost. And Bills, oof, that was, either way those games could have gone either way. Yeah, the Bills almost lost to a backup quarterback.
4: Yeah, well yeah, you can't, yeah. I mean, they're stacked though, so yeah yeah <coughs> but like when well, you got players like that that's true yeah it's hard to
3: oh you still gotta get the ball to them true
0: yeah well they also gotta hold on to the ball when they get it too there's also that yeah but i don't know um, dude i wanna so you know we were talking earlier about how like people try and get on like access your phones and things like that so I opened up Half Wheel the other day, right? You guys know I'm always making jokes about Half Wheel, but I tell everybody I think the best cigar publication on the, in the world is Half Wheel. Their non-biased aspect, the way, they t- the way they look at everything, right? From cigars to legislation to rumors, etc. If you pull Half Wheel up now, there's a pop-up that comes up and says that we and select third parties have the right to access your data based on
3: the user agreement. There you go. And I'm like, God damn it. China China now
0: I can't read you either. <laughs> Ooh. This is Malarkey. That. I yeah. did have to Yeah. And
3: I didn't see
0: that. Yeah. I'm say. Yeah. I'm every time every time you open it. Open half o? Well, it's gonna pop up right on the bottom.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we in select third parties collect personal information as specified in the privacy
3: policy. Yeah, you know. Everybody's for sale. Well they
4: were already probably already doing it. now they're just warning you, hey, we're doing this. Yeah. I know. Did you guys ever smoke those um L F D we did those L F D footballs? No. You did I, I, yeah I would I, I would see them but right. I, 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 you remember those, the L F D footballs? Yeah I remember.
0: Yeah. They're doing uh they're doing they're shipping again this year, but they're only going to Arizona stores. So how were does them?
1: that mean Arizona
0: like they're garbage. No, the Super Bowl's in Phoenix. Oh. Mm.
4: Yeah, like strength wise, it, it was. No, they're just they're they're typical, mile, mile, oh, okay. you
0: know, they're not the typical LFD stuff. Dude. No, no. Like a Colorado clarifelody is
1: stronger than these footballs. It's like a collector's yeah. piece. Yeah, put it in your box. That's, it looks and that's, and good. that's why I didn't pull the trigger. I was they looking,
0: look. I mean, they look. And then most yeah, places hear. only sell them by the box. You can't just buy one. You got like to buy the whole box. box. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. all right, uh, we got to talk about this aura thing from EP. Okay. <laughs> we have to. Um, did I tell you about this Aura box they released? No. So they released, um, I want to say it's only 1,500 boxes of it. Uh, inside the box is, is it 9 or 11 cigars. Each cigar is a different blend with an average age of 7 to 9 years. Okay? The box retails at $1,099. Okay. Now, as a tobacco so nerd,
1: say we're not gonna have about our show. <laughs>
0: no, <sir. laughs> no, I mean if we get nine That's guys, they go in <laughs> and uh, we each pick one. Sure, but yeah, that'll be a loud podcast. <laughs> um, my thing though is, I, I, won't, I won't ever, I will never, you will never hear me shit on someone for doing something. Like, and you know how I am with vintage tobacco. I think I love if you can get your hands on something old and roll with it. Dope. Yeah. I want to taste it just to see. I want to know how it tastes. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. You know, but it's Ernesto Criollo, man. Like, I don't, It's probably gonna be decent. Uh, and I'm sure that. Well, and I'm sure that. But that's the unique thing about it is they're each cigar's different. It's not. I, I want say it's, I think it's nine cigars. The box isn't all the same cigar. Right. Each one's
4: different. right? So you wouldn't you know. want to get the whole lot so you could see, exactly. see the you know, um,
0: Initially, I thought like, oh, just open it. And show. You, you could sell the stick at $75, $80 a piece. Somebody's going to get it, but But I didn't realize until I read into it and was talking about it and learned about it that yeah. each cigar is different. The, the yeah, age ratio on each one is different. The blending, every, et cetera, is all different on them. Um But my, my thing with it is I, lo- I love the aging process, and I really enjoy that. And I know that if you did 1,500 boxes, that means you could have done 1,500 boxes of each size, right? Um, but does EP Carillo have that big of, a, of a, a following to sell that cigar? I think
4: they do. I think they do.
0: I mean, I've, t- I've told you, look, I, I love Encore, right? Yeah. Pledge was cool. I like that La Historia and that and that that, that tall corona. Right. Um, and then I love what Ernie did with the Calavera stuff.
4: I mean well, I love look, it, but they make the top ten the number one cigar a couple times. So they, that, that creates a following. man. And people people will probably buy that. But box. there's a difference from a fifteen dollar cigar and a hundred and fifteen dollar cigar. Right? right? Yeah. Special occasions, probably people will get the box and gift it.
0: Don't get me wrong. If I, if I had funny money laying around, would, I mean, if it was just available. Oh, there's the pond hopper. Hey,
4: hey, say hi. Hello. What's hi. going oh. on? Oh,
0: Hello, Gav. <laughs>
5: How are you? Hello,
4: Governor. <laughs> All right.
0: Pond uh, hopper, is here. Uh, Mark Sutherland, <laughs> uh, the CEO of Stolock. What's, what's the distillery?
5: Ledge Sh- Spirits,
0: Spirits Company. Company um you guys will know mark from the pictures we posted during our event um they got postponed due to the weather we did the craft imperial box launch and the still lock whiskey launch right, at White right. cigar lounge yeah, uh, fantastic
5: event i think we had what, 100 people show up at least at, least. Yeah, it's awesome. just at a least fun evening interesting music from my friend uh, at uh, Atomic Junk Shop.
0: He had fun with it. That was yeah, cool. It was, yeah. it, was, it,
5: was, it was a funny evening, but yeah, we're, we're absolutely thrilled on how much people are enjoying I'm just going
0: to point this out right now. If you're here, Uncle Eddie's here, if we had the Russian
3: air,
1: this would be a fucking world tour. Well, that's what I was just saying last the night. I was at the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Seufer. Fucking NATO. <laughs> <laughs> Russia was in last night, and I was with them. We were at the Pagan having some Manhattans last night and I went from talking with his dad Russian and now with an Aussie he's yeah, English
5: I'm, I'm British well I'm, yeah, I mean that's we, what it sounds we, we, like we right? call our uh, Australian friends inju- is This is how you figure out if an Australian has a sense of humor you talk to talk about Australia being the prison colony and you will know very quickly if you are going to get along with that person or not
0: <laughs> or if they went to school
5: they go to school
3: now? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's
0: cold, though. <laughs> oh, shit. Alright, so uh, what are you
5: drinking on? Stola? No. Um, I don't even know. She, I asked for it's recommendations. But cool. it's no loo, no loo, I bet. Yeah, it was, it's quite nice. It's got a little bit of smoothness to it. But yeah, so I basically asked them to pick one for me that I would like that didn't have rye in it.
0: All right, obviously, we're going to play around a little bit today. Um, uh, a little bit.
5: they got a good selection
0: of whiskey here, too. Yes, they do. Yes now they do. have they do. still Now they have still It's up, grown though. since last time. Oh, it has. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we've, we've been with Cigar Ball since, literally, we've been here since uh, there wasn't shit in that new door yet. Um, and it's been cool to see them kind of build up, up and out. Uh, what do you think of this cigar? I got you on the espada too.
5: Yeah, no, I like this. Yeah. This is it's smooth, it's got some robust flavour to it, it's not overwhelming. Um, I'm very partial to the lighter. So I think my, my favorite's the Ecuadorian Connecticut mm-hmm. wrapper. This is darker than that, but I like the one. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not overwhelming. No. It's
0: it's it's unique because being that Plasencia handled all the blending on it, even when you look like it the is the are you pretty versed in it? Uh, somewhat,
4: yeah.
0: Does Alma Forte do the white label? Uh, that's the uh, Alma de Campo, right? Okay, maybe that, I, that's yeah. why I'm asking. Almodo I don't, I don't remember the exact... Yeah. E- yeah. When you look at their EC, right, their Epidorme Connecticut they use, even ITS, normally that wrapper's around two and a half to three years old, so even it's got sponginess to it, right? Like, it's it's got body in the wrapper itself. Like, when you put it to your lips, you pull it away and there's a little tingle, you know what I mean? Like it's there. So, then to blend this out this way, and I think this is actually risotto habano that's on this cigar but to blend it out this way where you've got all the sweet flavor to it, there is a good amount of body in the cigar, but there's virtually no spice.
4: Is that an aged
0: Habano? Yeah, uh, risotto habano normally comes around again, they're, they're, but since you yeah. goose in that, that two and a half to to three year right because it's it's Placencia they can you know they've been doing it for everybody forever they've got it right they control a lot of yeah I just I haven't seen them in
5: a while you know and we saw them and I was like yeah it's a good choice very good choice I think Monte Cristo is probably one of the first ones I tried many many years ago and they've remained a favorite yeah but
0: you still smoke in the Cuban market regularly though don't you Mm -hmm. yeah and you're a petite guy
5: I do, yeah, I, I, I do Romeo's, I, right? I Romeo Giulia, yeah. H. Upman. Um, being a Brit, I have access to certain things mm-hmm. on a more regular basis. Um, the good stuff. The good stuff. Although, I have to say, you know, at first when I started smoking, I, you know, I tried some American blends or some international blends. And, uh, and then I go smoke Cuban. and Cubans so much better. And you become a Cuban snob. And then more recently, I started to come back and try a lot more of the, the non-Cubans. And either my tastes have adjusted, and I can appreciate more complexity within a cigar. Uh, bro, you just start brushing your teeth. Or I started That's brushing my teeth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bruce, I get it. I know. have bad teeth. <laughs> um, we get the joke. <laughs> or, or, the improved, you know, or they've improved in, in what they're offering. But yes. I do think there are a lot of non-Cuban cigars now that go, can go to head-to-head <coughs> with a Cuban cigar any, any day of the week. And sometimes even beat them.
0: It's, well, especially in that argument, too, because I think that, you know, we've talked about this before. A lot of people will go look for a, sh- quote, strong Cuban. And I'm, I'm like, when, when you're used to smoking South American tobacco or Caribbean tobacco in that, that that region, <laughs> mild, you know, omitep tobacco is going to set your mouth on fire compared to yeah. a in Mundo number two, right? Like there's no, nothing you can do about it. It's, it's just the strength of the tobacco, you know, because of the natural fertility of the soil, volcanic all, all, and soil, egg, all I mean, that yeah. over and over, magnesium and sulfur, right? You want great soil, pump that shit in the ground, right? you know? Uh, whereas you look at Cuba and unfortunately that ground's been raped for 200 years and it's not like we're flying nutrients in to, right. to fix it and, and regenerate it, etc.
4: Um, I think the You're water give
0: them their distinct flavor. Yeah. Oh, oh, 100%, it has to, yeah. right? It has to. It's also, it's also like when you look at Peruvian tobacco, right? When you actually look at a Peruvian tobacco plant, you know, you, you, you've been at a Nicaragua. An average tobacco plant is about five and a half to six feet tall before it gets stalk cut down, primed, etc. Peruvian tobacco plant only gets about three and a half feet tall. But they'll also grow off to the side mm-hmm. of a raging volcanic waterfall. And a broadleaf on a normal tobacco plant is about this wide, okay? A Peruvian mountain-grown plant, that broadly smell this way, you know what I mean? And it's each one of those different attributes happens, it it, equates to the tobacco. You know, people ask all the time, like, could you grow tobacco? You could grow a tobacco plant across the the road right now. It's gonna grow. It's gonna look like tobacco. (laughs) It'll even smell like tobacco, but it's gonna taste like whatever the hell is in that ground. You know?
3: But if you're gonna smoke a Monte Cristo number 2, why not just smoke a Dominican cigar? It's cheaper. It's better quality. It's more reliable.
4: I think that might have been what has changed in the keto market. The, the quality, the, the standards have probably shifted a little oh, bit.
0: Well, and also, also if you demand look, if you look well, and that's what I'm getting out, because of the demand of the, you know, look, being, being in the United States, we're gluttons, right? You tell us we can't have something, we're going to go right. get it. Right? We're not, not going to have it, you know? And what happened is, as the... <laughs> what they call the New World Cigar, right? That's anything not made in Cuba is considered New World. Um, when those gauges, when you started seeing ring gauges, and I'm not talking about the crazy circus shit, but when ring gauges got to 54, right? That, that's otherworldly other on. yeah. until 1957. You know what I'm saying? Like It didn't happen until the first production rolled 54 ring gauge cigar came out of what now is Altidus, in 1957, in a Philadelphia shop. Lanceros and shit ruled the world. Yeah, Lanceros, Coronas, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. and when you had a Robusto, like, this is the funny thing, a Robusto now, what you consider Robusto, our Reaper is actually modeled after a true by Hike, 1827 Robusto. It is 4.97 inches long, and the ring gauge is 49.187 in girth. So it's a 550 true Robusto, that's a Robusto size robustos now are anywhere from five to five and a half by fifty, fifty-two, fifty-four, fifty-six. 52 54 56 right yeah. could be anything that way um, and what's happened since then is you know that Cuba felt the pressure for the the uptick in production etc when you look at you know the DR and Nicaragua are constantly battling back and forth by who did X amount of millions of pounds of tobacco a year right so what you see now is these things like when you look at Siglos and by EK and by 54s Siglo Sixties, right? What? It, what do you mean? There's
4: a, a, a sixty ring gauge, two year Maduro wrapper coming out of Cuba, uh, and, and that waters down the product too. Because the 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 ring gauge, and especially with Cuban tobacco, it's it's not strong to begin no, with. No, no.
0: and and that's one of the things that I really think diluted that water when people would talk about body versus strength. Look, I've had some Partagas Cubans that are just smoke bombs. I mean, they, they produce a right. great big full-bodied cigar. Now, I wouldn't put it up against the Green Label Inspirato in strength, hmm. right? I mean, I wouldn't put it against... Uh, this Espada would knock knock a lot of Cuban smokers to, to their knees, you know, yeah. but...
4: I do enjoy the flavor, Like, the, the Choir say to me, that... That's what I was made for the French market is like completely different than any other well, people.
0: Well, so actually. Cowboy, on my birthday you smoked that money I gave you for your birthday. That's what I was saying to myself,
1: I was like... <clears throat> drink. Uh, I've smoked three of these in the last week. And I can't drink the last time I had a Monte Crispo. Yeah. Um, I had that big long one you gave me, I can't remember. What, was it the 80th anniversary? Yeah. He gave it to
0: me. No, no, I gave him... Uh, so. I told the story before about making quit back in, when he, in the 90s when he kind of started smoking he was down in, in new orleans and they they actually found an, a, a box of sa habana cohiba and true style robustos right a box of 23. he's always talking about the scars so i went hunting all over i was trying to find one for his birthday i found a couple that just they didn't pass the sniffer you know one literally like it was images of the label and then a cigar and i'm like okay, okay. i'm not that fucking stupid and then um uh, so I did find these Monte Cristo number fives. Came out of Monte Fortuna. Um, you know, the box was outrageous, but I was able to get five of them for relatively easy agreed on and I brought them and then I gave them to him for his birthday. Um, but then I also, when I, was in, when I was in Mexico, I think I told you when I found those, those by Ike Lanceros yeah. at that SA store. And I was like, okay, now that, I'll, I'll spend $86 a cigar on, I don't, I don't care. They were, they were phenomenal. A box of them they're phenomenal. You would be book? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're phenomenal. Um, but they had uh, number nines or number ones, like original Monty Churchills. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: nine
0: and a half. Yeah, 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 phenomenal. And I I fucking
1: forgot I gave it to him, and he pulled it out on Saturday. <laughs> he I, on I, it. I, so that's what I smoked all day was those two, <clears throat> and then to have this. I got two of them. This one though, I, I'm getting that Duke. That oat in here, the spice from that, and then this—it's a pretty good pairing. Uh, oh yeah, these ones. But I was thinking the there was some spice in it, but I think it's just the age. Um, with this particular one,
4: both of my birds. And been well with this. This is this is—it's more. What did you go to, to, to next? I went to Remus Repeal Batch uh, Four. Remus Repeal Reserve. And you haven't had
1: that yet, have you? I have not had that
4: that is delicious i was going to tell you though right. uh, Don't I, uh, rush. are you ready my You're favorite ready? my favorite cuban my dad gave me and i didn't even expect this it was uh, monte cristo 80th anniversary and it wasn't strong it wasn't like but just the experience and i guess it was just because we got a lot more it, there's a lot to say like huh yeah it was, it was, it cost money, but I guess it's the the, the ambiance too, like the people that you're smoking it with at the time.
5: Well, I've always it said, said this, it,
4: like it, it created a memory in my head that I was like, and then me and my cousin were just looking at each other smoking this, and we were like, we've never had a cigar, like yeah, that.
0: dude. We, we get uh, there's one, one, there's two moments that stick out in our mind in just in the past couple of years, and we can verbatim talk about the instance, right? But I, I've always said this with a Cuban cigar if you can. Appreciate it for what it is. Cut it, light it, enjoy. It's gonna be. I'm not saying be the best cigar, but it's going to be a memorable smoke. Right. It's going to be. You know, it's it's historical. It's history. It's, you're going you're going back to the pinnacle birth of, of, of
4: tobacco in the form that it's actually in. Right uh, to a degree. You know, at least mass popularity, mean, etc. But, 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 but there's something that. to say that I've never had that with any other cigar habit to nope. you know. I'm saying like. And I smoked. It may have just been your favorite cigar. A lot, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, was just like, I was just like overwhelmed. I was like, man,
1: this is Maybe like in this moment dealer. it's your favorite cigar. <laughs> yeah, it's up there. I mean, it's one that I remember. So that specific Cuban Robusto, um, an Ethicon rep got him. Uh, I think he paid 400 for the box. And we opened it in New Orleans. It was pouring. It rained all week when we went down there for a jazz festival. So we opened them, opened them, and smoked them at the Blacksmith Bar, which if anybody's been to New Orleans, that's one of the oldest bars in the country. And we had um, listened to the jukebox, and uh, we were drinking Bloody Marys with pickled string beans, longer than the pint glass. Nice. And I was a very young smoker. I had. And I just thought those were just the most unbelievable cigars I'd ever smoked. Well, of course, I mean, to get a hold of that 94, and that's when we got them in 94. I've read back that was some of the best Cohiba Robustos they ever made. I smoked it down to a pinch, and we were literally just pinching them, and they were still smoking perfect. So when you talk about an experience, for me, to be able to tell you everything about that moment when I smoked that cigar, it's a lot to do with the experience. Right, and it was the people that around.
4: Yeah, it's Remus, good man. I'm telling you, dude. A lot like of people that. slept on that. That's that on the shelves. You know what I'm saying? I, just well, I remember I had the first two Remus one and two, and they were. Yeah, they were you know, like that. Good. Is my by far
1: This is. And <clears throat> what are we saying? Around ninety. To 100 a bottle?
4: Uh, when I bought it, it was probably around 70.
1: Now they're Re- probably. Is. Recently? Because I just saw them on the shelf at a place up north, and I think they were around 89, 90 bucks a mm-hmm. bottle.
4: Well, the five I was telling them got a real big rep because somebody put it on their top list. And you know, yeah. you put something on, on the number five list and that's gonna sell, it it goes flying off the shelf. When we did
0: the the podcast uh, the week before last, we did that Jack Daniels Bonded, because it took Whiskey Advocate, right? And I I think we agreed, um, for Jack Daniels, and again, again, dude, you're talking, that bottle, even still right now, it hasn't been gouged yet, it's $28, it's not. For 30 bucks, man. I mean, it's, and it's, uh, that Jack Daniels is on the bar. i I, I, above its weight. never had Jack Daniels on my bar. It's there. (laughs) It's good, yeah. I do like it. Is that number six getting sweeter at all? Uh,
4: it is getting chocolatey. Right? Chocolatey, yeah. not, not necessarily sweet to the palate, but yeah, rich. But it's, it's a it's a pretty light light cigar, mm-hmm. which is weird because I don't usually smoke light stuff. As you know, like yeah. I always get the, the medium to full, uh, but I don't mind a light cigar. And if it's flavorful like this, yeah. this has got, got good body to it. And I don't. Yeah. I, I'm being honest, I don't choose Rocky Patel. Like, if you give me a choice, I'm not gonna go to the Rocky Patel. If, I go, no. if you wouldn't have said nothing, I wouldn't have got it. If I
0: go into the humoroid, there's only two Rocky Patel that I'll buy. I'll buy a Winter Collection, and if Sun Grown Lanceros, Sun Grown Lancero Maduros, I'll buy those. And that's, I think that's some of the best that, that... Well, Niche was all over... Well, we did, know. I take that back. We had Niche on the podcast at Stanley's a couple years ago when he re-released The Bold. And i love this man forever for this conversation. I looked at him, I was like, Nish, let's be honest, man. That last bold was, and he goes, it sucked. He's like, yeah, we put it out, it's kind of garbage, so I kind of brought it back, redid it. And here's the new bold. And we smoked them. And, and you did an $8 cigar, dude. It, phenomenal, yeah. you did great cigar. Pairs well, it bounces around, it's got enough body on it that you can go light, heavy, you can go sweet even, and it's still, the cigar's still gonna present itself around
3: the whole thing. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think a lot of people miss the Lancero though. They look at it and they think it's a grill cigar too small, it, it's too thin. But it's comes, you know, if you It's a lot of flavor. There's a lot of flavor. In there. It's coming back around what I've noticed with Lancero
0: more recently, it's not the size. No one really cares about that. It's people don't know how to operate a Lancero. Well this is true. And I know that sounds sillier than shit. But have you ever cut a Lancero wrong? You gotten too deep on a Lancero? There's no fixing it, no. there's no room, there's no, the shoulder's gone, you're done. Yeah, when I first started, yeah. You're, you're, you're gone, right? And you can't, a Lancero's design, I think it's the only, literally the only cigar where you have to alter your smoking pattern, like your draw pattern, because Lancero's are designed for clean, full draws, you let them go, let it cool down, taste all the wrapper, so on and so forth. If you just smoke it, like your normal rotation, you're gonna burn the shit out of it, and it just gets, right. and then everybody's like, "Oh man, it's too it's bitter, hot!" To yeah, it's bitter. Well, yeah, you cooked yeah. it, like, <laughs> you know, or you're but,
3: gonna be constantly relighting it. <laughs> yeah, I, I equate
0: lanceros to shrimp on a grill.
3: Yeah, right. It's quick. Bam, yeah. bam, you're Good. Let
0: it rest. Eat it. Right. You let it sit there. You know, or
4: you mess with it too much, you're gonna turn it rubbery. It's gonna, it's gonna get. Yeah. It's gonna get bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love Lanceros, but the thing is, is that they're inside smokers. You well. You cannot smoke a Lancero in your car outside. Like, if I mean, you want to hotbox a hot box of vehicle? You can. not it's windy, <laughs> yeah, it's they're they're tough to smoke, and that's oh, yeah. probably why a lot of new smokers don't gravitate to it Because they'll have yeah, one, true. and then they gotta relight, or you know. Well, that even even though the
0: Lancero is coming back to the market. It's still, Lancero's still only cover, if you look at the entire portfolio of, again, New World Tobacco on the market, less than half a percent is rolled into a Lancero. Yeah. They're probably harder to roll. Well, I oh, they're very difficult to roll, very difficult to roll. It's actually, it actually takes more expertise to roll a Lancero than it does to do a Culebra or a Figurata. I can see that. Because, because, you I mean, you, you, you've been in a factory. Yeah, just bunching, seen, part, You've I seen mean, how wrapper affects yeah. And then the style of bunch, right? When you when you're in a fifty to fifty-two ring gauge cigar, you can be sloppy with your bunch, and the binding's gonna fix it, right? Right? In a Lancero, if if, if that thing is not vertical when it goes into that press, it's gonna create a burn issue. It's gonna create a drag issue. It's it's going to it's create a hot spot. Yeah. With a Lancero. Yeah. That's why I, I I can say like I've seen people mess up a Lancero. Like, like I've messed them up years ago. Um, shit, I've, I've messed them up just not paying attention, talking, and going to cut one, you're like, eh, shit, you're suffering
4: through that. You suck, boy. The thing <laughs> is, though, also on the Lancero, like, if it's not rolled right, you'll notice right away. Immediately, right away. Immediately. Like, your draw is not going to be good. You're going to be struggling with this cigar. Um, but what, I, what I've seen
0: more is that the the, the, the human error, the hand-roll error, is inside the cigar. You'll see someone... Get into a Lancero. I was sitting with someone right before Christmas, actually. And uh, we're sitting up at the bar. We're sitting there talking. He's smoking. He's smoking in this pilot hole. right? He's at the Lancero. This pilot in hole over there, right here. Like Four or five inches up. I've had that before. He goes, what the hell is that? I'm like, well, there's a vein on a leaf in the vine, and it's it's riding like this that under the found wrapper. That its way, dude. <laughs> That heat hit it, and it just traveled right up. We got the sauce part of the wrapper, and that's your little pilot hole. He's like, what do I do? I was like, put your finger over it and smoke. That's all you can do. Yeah.
4: You got to snuff out the fire. Just cover it and smoke. It'll be fine, but you got to well, cover well, it up. But like that tattoo I had that you gave me yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I was smoking it and I, and I noticed it was a light drop. And I felt it. It's a big cigar, right? But I felt it it was super soft up front, a little bit tighter in the back. Yeah. But I got through it on a Lancero. I wouldn't have been able to do no. that. I would have had to, like,
0: and when you, have so a, when you have a bigger, so like that Grand Toro you're swimming, right? So it's like right. a 50, 54 and a half or whatever. Like the heat is hitting the moisture of the tobacco. That's just what's softening it. Right? It. The idea behind that is it slows the burn down. Right? That's, that's intentional why it happens that way. But you could also see that if you're not an experienced smoker, and, not, you don't have to be an experienced smoker. You just never, sorry, never smoked anything with that rolling mentality in it you would think something's wrong with a cigar. You'd
2: mm-hmm.
0: like, hey, this isn't drawn full enough, it's not, you know, we've done it. Like, I smoked a, uh, actually, this is, I've got, I'll show you guys a video on my phone when we get done. I pulled out one of those 10th anniversary Epernish from Illusion, the other day. And I'm smoking it, and I'm noticing, it tastes great, it, the cigar is fine, but the ash is pitch black on the left side of the ash. And I'm like, Joe, not good. and I'm thinking, I'm like, son of a bitch. And, uh, Uh, The cuban goes, what? I'm like, the filler's wet. He goes, what? I'm like, the filler is wet. He goes, what do you mean? I'm like, look. So I knocked the ash off, burned it again, I unrolled the cigar, and sure as shit, I pulled the filler out like that, and I was like, touch it. Like that, you can see the moisture on your hand. And he was like, is that from us? I'm like, no, that's, at some point, once that cigar got wrapped, moisture either caught the foot of it, uh, somehow it got it got wet somewhere, and it just got held inside that, that filler. filler. And then when you immediately reintroduce it into humidity, it's moisture in the air. It's not like it's going to dry out, you know. And I'm like, it could have been just the smallest little bit of water that, that touched it. There was just it
4: enough to keep it moist. Way. Yeah, never seen it happen before. It was crazy. Yeah. With that with that Toro though, I was just patient. I just smoked my way through it, and it
1: got better. You know that soft spot you're talking about? First time I really realized that and I was thinking there was something wrong with it was at Miami 15. Because when I picked it up it was so light. And I was like and then it was kind of squishy. I was like this is weird. But by the time we got a quarter or a halfway in I was like oh my god. But sometimes if it's over like if it's
4: way too soft like if it's Tight up in the front, soft in the middle, and then really tight in the back. Then that's I think that that's an issue in the rolling. That's a bunching issue for sure. Yeah, that's not. They they weren't meaning to do that. Uh 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 And that's a tough smoke when you get something like that because it's like smoking. Well, because then
0: the then like
4: the the actual heat pressure is going to change. You know, like you'll you'll.
0: That's when a lot of people kind of mess up. Like I hate that thirds thing that people talk about in the cigar. Like I can't stand that third thing. It drives me insane. But that is where that kind of mentality happens. Because if it's very soft in the front of it when you're smoking it, the, the draw is going to be really airy, right? Flavors won't be as condensed. They won't be as profiled. But then you come through and it starts to tighten up and then it gets real solid in the back. That's when someone goes, well, the last third
4: was really harsh. I'm like, well, no. Speaking of the last properly, third, but this last third is amazing. Whoa. I don't own any of this shit. I'll throw it in.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: this last third is really good. So, uh. Um, Have you had it?
0: No. What do you, uh. pawn bon Hopper? What do you. That's oh. <laughs> IRP. I couldn't think of another, like, I wasn't gonna call you King or
5: Duke Mark or anything. Cause sir. Yeah, first sir. Sir. <laughs> um. Lord mm-hmm. Highness, things like that, you know. Are you done? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, Your Highness. My Lord.
4: <laughs> Gov. Fucking Queen Mark here. Gov, no? <laughs> hey, what do you think about that, uh
0: did you pour the remus? remus is good i like it that's what i was about to ask you though like, what do you think about the remus with the uh um, yeah with the cigar
5: it's it, i agree that it brings out kind of chocolatey in it um well, the rest spice. of the duke was crazy so just, a, just it. a tiny bit there right a tiny bit of spice out um you know in the cigar so no I, it, it, it right. pairs well The bit that i normally i think we should go with prince mark prince prince mark so Okay, then, Prince Mark, like three the years king ago, is
0: talking to you. <laughs> three years
5: ago, and this, like, speaking of highlights. I mean, this, this, this one didn't involve cigars, but I'm hanging out down in Florida, and I end up meeting John Voight. Oh shit, John Voight, phenomenal guy. Oh my god, and that's great. And one of my volunteer roles here in Missouri is the British honorary consul, and he could not believe that Britain had an honorary consul, so. Like, give me all you guys trouble. still play king and queen? Do I have an honorary council? Uh, it's I'm, I'm, easy to I'm, I'm His Majesty's forward. honorary council here in Missouri. Oh dear God! And by the end of the night, John Boy, we hung out for like three I'll hours. i put that on a sticker. He's, he was calling me Prince Mark by the end of the night. Oh well, wow. which is phenomenal.
4: He's also I like, I I like that name, Prince, yeah. Yeah. Prince. Oh, do you? Yeah, you couldn't make up a good name for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but problem, the, problem is,
5: <laughs> the problem is this is like call science, so Pond Hopper Mark's gonna stick. It would. not me, all these names and, say, it, and, it's, and it's not positive. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. So, you know. With, I got to tell you it's something. It's like a cool sign <laughs> yeah. when something goes One wrong. One of the you get a funniest conversations
0: the right. I ever heard with this guy was at poker. This was probably June of last year. We had about 16, 18 people playing. I don't remember who asked him. I think it was Grant, he goes, hey, how long? <laughs> How long have you been in the States? He goes, huh, I don't know, about 30 years. He goes, lose the damn accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably Bob. It's probably, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, Cowboy, how did that uh, um, Duke in with that cigar? It's fantastic, yeah. I think this picks up right after it, though. It goes away from the oak and brings there I think there's more caramel that I'm getting between yeah. the cigar it is, it is. and the Remus it gets you know? more caramel. But it kind and of in the Remus
1: in the Remus, yeah, yeah. I I gotta say yeah. that Duke. We're on the last quarter of the Duke, but um, Are we gonna do size dog. Now okay. it is amazing what happens to bourbon a little bit uh, after it sits a while. It's it's utterly amazing because we uh, was it last week or two two shows again we. Mark and I try a lot of bourbons, of course, on the show. We had this bottle and bond by, um, oh. Evan Williams. Evan Williams. Yeah. And it was horseshit. But we opened it. You
0: don't like the white label? No, 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 no. no. Put that in context. So, two years ago. This
1: was three years ago. Three years ago,
0: sorry. When it came out, we opened it, poured it, and we're like,
2: good. Oh, okay.
1: Because I'm always trying to find a good bottle and Bind you know, lower shelf that maybe nobody's paying attention to. And we find because I always try to talk about value, like we have a lot of unicorns and we have a lot of sought after and hard bottles of bourbon to get. But then also I like to talk to the guys that maybe don't have the money or can't find something like don't have the connection. So we were trying to go and find a lot of bibs. I was, and I found this and it was damn horrible. And um, so it sat for three years. And somebody was talking and said, "Man, that white label is so good." And I'm like really so i pulled it out again and we had it the other day and we're gonna have to try it again Fuck with the uh, the white label I six like year it. heaven Fuck Hill. On. oh yeah uh that six year mm-hmm.
0: that was my first and i'm telling
1: head. you it aged really good and it was very good yeah. i haven't had one of the they redid the bottle now they have kind of a cigar label on the front it's green yeah, and it's it got hunter proof on it now down. Yeah, he had um, the, the white one, the predominantly the white and black
0: one. Yeah, that's the one he had. Yeah,
1: but it's really nice. I always say this. I hate opening bottles on the show because it's just you need to let them breathe a little bit yeah. and and create their own. I hear a lot of
4: good things about the everyone Evan, Evan at the white Lake. Yeah. For the price too, that's like. Well, yeah. What it's, is it? Twenty bucks? Yeah, I think it's twenty-four now. Yeah. Twenty-five, maybe. Yeah. But that.
0: the thing was, is like when when we had it the first time, we were all excited, popped it open, poured it, and it. It was like charred water, that's what I remember it tasting like. And then you'll even hear on on that podcast when he brings it out, I was like, "Man, i drinking that shit again? Like, no, 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 specifically three years. I'm like,
3: I don't care.
1: Well, because I'd taken and it to a bourbon thing and yep. we had tried it again, I was like, Holy macro, this has really changed. Um So what my question to you is is I've had this. Are there there's different ones out? Yeah of this. Oh yeah.
4: I think six is out
1: Six, now, six is good. out now there's really?
4: seven total expressions of remus so there's okay. six
0: six george remus and then there is the uh the new york bottle it looks like the um empire state building there's mm-hmm. so seven total expressions with six Remus, and that was out. not as good as the repeal reserve yeah. this is better than the G- it's, G- it's called gatsby actually yeah, the gatsby, the gatsby. Yeah. this is better than the gatsby
1: well, I saw, um, and I just learned this the other day too. That on the Larceny Barrel Proof, there's two different ones of those too. And I didn't know that. Of course, why wouldn't there be? Um, I finally get it. I, 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 I thought Larceny was, that was, was like uh, what? Major why credit. They come why? out with two or three why? by yeah. year. There's like a, and I'll look it up. But there's like a a one B, five yeah, but, or something like yeah. that. I think they have three a year.
0: come out. Oh, so like, and, and I did like, not know like that A, B, and C Rickhouse yeah. location. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: And we didn't know that about. Um, I want to say Doc Holiday, but it's Ben. Ben Holliday. Uh, yeah, the yeah. same way. They've got two we different.
0: Did, that was we didn't know that till the end of the block party. The whole time, Amanda's sitting there, she's pouring it for us. We're like, like, hey, can
1: we have another? in was like, hey, she oh, we'll
0: she try, try this one. one. It's different. And, and then, then like, she goes, what? we get done, and I was like, hey, the bottle's not empty. She's like, yeah, which one do you want? I'm like, it doesn't matter. She goes, there's two different ones here. I'm like, didn't know. That shit would have been useful four hours ago.
2: Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> right now, they don't matter. <laughs>
1: But the Elijah Craig uh, barrel proof, I probably have five different. But the difference is, is um, proof. You get a one twenty eight, you get a one eighteen, you get a one thirty five, and um, and yeah, they're all they're all different. Yeah. Um, I have twenty twenty one. I have all three, 2021, one. Two thousand twenty,
4: I have all three, and then one. In 2019 of larceny of uh, Elijah Craig Elijah Craig yeah
1: the barrel proof I've
0: only got I've got two of their lot C C
4: twenty or C twenty two I think my my favorite is A one twenty I believe and nobody likes that but it's and because it, it's higher proof I'm all about higher proof but that's my that's and it's a little bit more oaky like I'm 135 because one i've got i've
1: got two that are 134 and 135. yeah see both mine, mine are, are on the, 132.
0: Yeah. yeah it's around there 134. or no 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 i'm sorry mine are 128. remember because we were looking yeah. at mine are 128. yeah and that, i got i got those at evan williams down
4: in uh, uh louisville
1: that will last night was
4: 128. i'm all about that but so oh. i just i just had a heaven hill 17 that I was like, I gotta put this up, I, and it's a hard. To There's find. only like, one. There's not multiple. There's one yeah. released last year. Yeah, it's, that's it. But I've never had a bourbon that made me, you
5: know, Here's my like thing. that.
4: Like I got chills. I was, I was drinking this. I'm like, it, it, it was like so good, man. It's yeah. smooth. What What was made me nervous about
0: that, and I'll never forget this. So in 2017, Heaven Hill 27 came out. Is a true 27 year double oak right? My offer still stands today. You've heard me say this a million times. Find me one good review about that bottle and I'll buy you a pour. Is this a Not a five-star like, a good review. It went down as the worst, worst rated bourbon in the history of writing on Bourbon Pursuit, etc. Right? It, I've never licked charcoal, but that's what it tasted like. I mean, it was just brown years, water yeah. in a charred barrel. That's what right? this this So, 17 came out. 17 and Old Fit 17 released at the same time. So, the bottle of the bond expression uh-huh. and then the 17 year blend, right? The, the barrel project. And I remember we drank the 17 because you, you had the 17 yeah, in. I'm like, no no, 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 Well, shell shock from 27. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no, it's, no, it's just going to work, right? Different. Oh, I've really had, different. had it multiple times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What have you it, had That bottle. Time. That bottle went about mm, that much as me. So, yeah.
1: So we yeah, had yeah, had the, the Seventeen uh-huh. Heaven Hill against the Seventeen Old Fitzgerald bottle and bottle. I have none. Mm.
4: Have you ever had Old Fitz? Uh, no. That, I, yeah, 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 one time. That Once I that's had
1: sure. the Old Fitz Seventeen, I no desire to have the Heaven Hill Seventeen. Really? Oh, no. It's just... That's what was so special about last night. And I hate to c- keep talking about because I'm excited about trying to hunt down a bottle now, but... It kind of reminds me Yeah, but you've been talking
0: about that damn bottle for months
1: Yeah But you were talking about Saturday No, <laughs> I the just Will had bottle. it last
0: night You were talking about looking for it Saturday Yeah, well there's yeah. another
1: one too that I wanted to try But anyway, the, the reason I like it as well Is because th- this bottle here, like the Stag Junior When you do this neat, this is one of the few that I'll put a drop of water in And it right. even opens That's Because way. the richness and the layers ride, right? that's what i look for in a good cigar too is the layers and the rich flavors that are in it the stag jr is one of the best and it's kind of the same way with old fix gerald too when you're tasting those pours you're just finding all these amazing layers of flavors and that was what was so surprising last night i was not gonna think i didn't think i was gonna like it and i really did but it reminded me a lot of this and then of course we've got a bottle of um, Barrel King, which I'm guessing is probably a six or a seven year MGP, but they finished it in a stag junior bottle. But yeah, pretty dog good. All right, I I'll want bring to bring that with us sometimes. I want you to pick a scotch. I want to
0: introduce the scotch to finish this out before we go to the next cigar. So uh, glasses and, there. And, you and
4: pick. And, so I was gonna I was gonna say that because we got a Scottish. These <laughs> oh yeah. I thought, a, he, I thought he said. Well, was I was born in Scotland.
5: Scotland. Yeah. So I mean, Scotland. I basically started drinking scotch at a very young age. Me too. As you know, yeah, I, two, I three actually, years old and baby. When, when I was a when I was a young kid, to get you to sleep at night, it would be half half scotch and half hot milk. Oof. And that would eggnog. Yeah. As, as a kid, <laughs> <laughs> ours, ours, was, ours was. That's where you go to
1: sleep to. Right. And it only happened a couple of times, but I enjoyed yeah, it. Johnny Milk in the water tea, water. though, too, right? So so. I'll
4: give I'll you guys two uh, Yeah. So I'll uh, give yeah. you guys two options. No that you can choose. And I know I probably already know where you're gonna go. But uh Springbank, uh eight year or twelve year casting. Um and you know that Springbank has uh Campbelltown has a funk that's you know uh, That's all Spayside, yeah? Uh no, Campbelltown. It's side region of Scotland. Uh yeah, but it's a small
5: no, Highlands, it's so you got Highlands, you got Speyside, you've got Lowland, you got um, Isle. Uh, yeah. There's a couple of others as well. Is it on the
4: north of? Uh, Campbellton,
5: I think, is is near Space but not might not actually yeah. be in Space oh,
4: okay. No, it's not in Space It's just on. It, it actually was the biggest uh, Scotch region for a long time, and now it's the smallest. Uh, oh, there's a lot huh? of the distilleries left, but uh, you can do this or the uh, Tam du Cigar Malt. I got it from England. And I think it's made for the UK market, uh, so uh, this has a little bit more fun. But probably it's let's start it there because I've got a couple bottles of Dalmore. And how does that present against Dalmore? Totally Dalmore, different. You know, it's completely different. I I had a Dalmore that I gave away because it just the cigar malt? It went
1: flat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It just got. What was the market. first Scotch you ever had?
4: Um probably my dad used to drink a lot of um, uh,
5: don't say cutty Sark. don't say cutty sark.
4: <laughs> no, no 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 it was uh, oh man there's a pirate ship on there well blended scotch does that count no no just for
5: scotch because oh. I have a story
4: that's just crazy so yeah Glenn, I, bro- I broke this motherfucker on scotch I'll tell you that so Glenn Morangi maybe yeah. or he used yeah, to good. drink that and another one Glenn Farkless. Glenn
0: Farkless. See, yeah. people sleep on Glenn Farkless. I love Glenn Farkless. Man. First of all, they got like old genie bottles, and I fucking love them. And Glenn is probably the king of barrel finishes. No argument there.
4: But I was also probably like 12 years old, so I yeah. didn't particularly like that stuff. When I got older, then I
1: started wanting a little bit. So back probably, I want to say 2000, uh, maybe... Mm-hmm. S- Six. Yes, sir. <clears throat> I had. Um, I was building houses out in Park City, and I had built a house. I had a ranch up there, and I had horses. And we're in i I'm We had had a whiskey room, and my brother was in town, and he had a friend come, and he um, he brought a and bought a bottle of Blue Label, two hundred and fifty dollars. He was actually sweating when he opened the box. Because he had never spent that much money on this, and he was like, "Oh, this is going to be great." And I was drinking bourbon, Buffalo Trace, and you know, had all the basic bourbons kind of going then. And um, I drank that scotch, <clears throat> and that's what kept me a bourbon guy. But that's blended. I was though. like, "This is like some shit like dropped through cardboard." Yeah, if there was what? just really hey, no if you, if ever, flavor. Say blended bullshit.
0: Blended, blended bullshit.
5: Insinuated a little bit. Blended bullshit. There you go. Yeah.
4: It sounds like that. <laughs> blended bullshit. Yeah, the blue label's blended. It's blended
5: scotch. Yeah, if you want a good blend of single malts, uh, Monkey Shoulder. Yeah, that's Monkey solid. Shoulder salad, yeah. Yeah, I mean, monkey, actually, Monkey Shoulder is the scotch that we serve at all, at the British Consulate in Chicago. Oh, really? That's the yeah. table scotch. Nice. That we serve. Um, it's, it's, it's a it's like, free it's like single malts. Uh, hey, is great, buddy.
4: Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah it's
0: right, it's right, I got right. I got that right, home. I'm just <laughs> trying to empty it so I have that bottle. But monkey but, uh, is salad. The yeah. Cowboys. So he, I don't think he had scotch. When no. we, so when we had met half a decade ago or whatever, I was a scotch drinker. That's yeah. all all I drank. And then the first bourbon him and I had together was that White Label Six Year from Heaven Hill, and it just went downhill from there. And um, so I had gone over to his his old. He's he's working it out now. But before he remodeled his house, he had this stellar fucking, they call it the cowboy bar in his basement, just eclectic, everything was placed perfectly, that it functioned, and it, it was cool and shit, and uh, I brought over uh, an edition number three from McCallum, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, so I poured it, and he was like, oh, yeah, okay, about two weeks later, uh, edition four had come out, the green, green label, mm-hmm. he sends me a picture, he bought 20... 17
1: rare cask? 18 red rare, rare cask number Isn't one? Isn't that a, like a pork finish? Or it's r- rare, rare, cask. R- yeah. rare cask. Yeah, rare yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, And then he had an edition for it. And he's like, yeah. So like, his like like what his like, scotch drinking level starts at 185 uh, fucking uh, Like It doesn't, yeah. anything below that, it's like, oh yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, I want some more of that one, I was more of that one, I'm like, yeah, well. But the 5 was one. probably my favorite. What was 5? It was the purple. 5 was purple, yeah. And what was that? Was that a rum cast finish on that? Well, so that actually, that actually is just <laughs> a,
0: it's technically a 14-year-old McAllen that was finished in the Yemenez barrels. And then the color, they actually went to the World Color Institute, and there is a color in the color wheel called McAllen Purple. The purple that's on the label is McAllen Purple. There's actually nothing incredibly special about that bottle, with the exception that it's a 14-year-old McAllen, right? There's never been another 14-year-old
4: McAllen. And the color on the bottle. I love that one. Is it, is it setting? That's Brooklyn. why I like Brook Lottie so much, because they got five-year distance, and they make it, they, it like, it It competes with those 14, 15, 18 So, so have
0: years. you ever drank Greystone?
4: Uh, no. Okay, so Grainstone
0: is. They're owned. Who are they owned by? It'll come in, will let you know. But they do a 10 to a 25. Okay? Their 25 year old single mall is $200. Now their 18 year old stone is a Sherry Port finish. Now, and I will argue this to the point, I think the single most best whiskey ever put into a glass is 18-year McCallum. I'd
5: agree. That's that I, I, my I, I,
0: think, I think that for what it costs, and it's never changed it's not changing. The price has been goddamn same for 10 years. And for the, the how much is made, they never alter how much is made. It's always the same barrel procedure. It only goes in the same three vats. It's mm-hmm. all done the same way it's been done for 100 years now right now that bob price $325 see I Green- Greenstone 18 Stone 18 you mm-hmm. buy for $112 it's it's close so yeah, I would I would, I would
4: put Glendronic 18 which is a Sherry bond right up there and that's $140 yeah,
5: yeah McAllen 18 not going to wait it,
4: uh, it, it, it yeah, just, yeah top yeah, of I'm the list way. for that wait. Well, I, well I always weigh price too so mm-hmm. it's oh 100%
5: yeah right yeah.
4: I have one bottle of eighteen, just because I won't, I won't keep buying it. I well, mean, what? This is what I will do. I'll bring my eighteen bottles. Well, damn, I just gave mine away. I'll get another <laughs> bottle of eighteen. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying.
0: Like, where does that hang out? Where You keep giving shit away? He's would have been hearing a lot later. Oh, give it away.
4: Well, the guy, it was only like this much left, and he loved it. So, I was like, you can have it, but I'll, and I can find it. So it's, it's, you know, it's accessible. But we'll do that,
1: and then we'll taste it with the uh, eighteen. Okay. Yep. We had this discussion last night at Bellwether about wine versus uh, bourbon. And when you, like, every guy's got a price that's like, eh, that's a lot. But the beautiful thing about it, I kind of got overpriced a little bit, is because just for the relationship that I've had with Mark over the years and with people that have joined our podcast on Hung Out, the same bottle we were drinking out of five years ago still going to get to share that with you today now normally yeah. a wine four glasses you're done, you're done but yeah. man that 325 you spent on that 18 you're going to be able to share that for you know yeah. unless you pound it out one night i mean we're super
0: bowl on super bowl we're gonna we're gonna to touch on little book from chapter from 15 to 22. right like, and that's because they're all they're all and all those bottles are still least half full you know i mean shit. the six-year heaven hell i have the open one has been sitting there since 2017.
4: and it gets touched every now and then you know, just unless, you, unless you get like a, a a guy that just abuses the bottle yeah because I, I took well
0: i shut them off so i have this joke about about my, my my cousin Like when he comes over the first cigar i pick the first pour we have okay then after that there's very little that you get to pick from. I'll pour it for you, and I'll give you what you're smoking, yeah, boy's Yeah, I, I made the mistake of uh,
4: bringing Breglotti, the 12.3 Optimal, and that's my, actually my favorite one. I didn't bring it because like, there's, like, this much left in it, because every time i take it to the cigar shop, this guy would pour, you know, like, one of those water glasses halfway. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm, it's a tasting, so there's so much there, so many people talking to you, so I, I didn't even realize it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, but you drank more of that than me. And the last, the last tasting that we did last week, it was the same thing. And I'm like, you had more of that <laughs> than what
0: I had. I had, I had that happen one time with this guy. I'm not a like, am not a Blanton snob. Like I have Blanton's and it's there. If anybody wants to drink it, we open one and drink it over the years, and just see how it kind of plays around every now and then. But we were all outside by the fire one time, and a friend of, of my wife comes over with. He's like, Hey, do you have Blanton's? I'm like, Yeah. And he's got his Yeti. With this ice in it, and I'm like, "Yeah, dude, just you know, poured up." Night's over. There's an empty bottle of Blantons on top of the bar, and then there's another one that's half empty. And I'm like, uh, "I'm cooked, man. Like, I'm I'm drunk. I don't remember having Blantons tonight." And I asked everyone going around, no, no, no. na na na." So I asked. His girlfriend goes, "Yeah," he said. He really enjoyed your plans. I'm like, I fucking bet he did. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Filling that damn yeti up. No <laughs> wonder you drove, oh,
4: asshole. I, I told the guy, I was like, you know, you drank a hundred dollars worth of, because that's a two hundred fifty dollar bottle. I'm like, you drank more than half of it. Dude.
0: That's something fun to talk about too. So you've been to a, you, a you've been talking about vodka well yeah like
1: like when you're with the boys so
0: like i always joke as we talk about like whiskey in the winter and then like the missouri bourbon society's whiskey festival and festivals are a little different because you know like look at whiskey in the winter you've got anywhere from 150 to 175 booths that are pouring a half ounce to an ounce at a time right and you can come back right when we were at the bourbon festival there were 425 distilleries there before you even got up to the cigar patio, bro, you went through that maze and you made your way up, right? But when you're at a tasting, say we were doing a tasting here, there's three, six, nine, 11 bottles up there, right? And 12 is still up. We'll have some of that too. But I think some people, very few look at it like an opportunity to drink free and they go so hard and so fast, right? And they just pour it up. And then they... I think the idea of a tasting is, you go through all of them, right? Little bits, right? And then like you've talked about all the time, about at at Cass's house, I put on the Susan, right? Spin around, then you find one, you're like, ooh, shit, there it is. So you remember that one, then you go through and then you come back. But like people will look at a tasting kind of layout and, oh, okay, Springbank's great, by the way, we'll talk about that in a minute. That's great, Uh, you know, the uh, Founders Barrel was was fantastic, and then we're gonna hit the Tom Dunes it's like, ooh, well, I'm just gonna keep pouring that. But then you start to pour heavier, right? Or you latch on, or you always have it where someone comes in, they know something on the table, and they're like, "Damn, I can't get." It. Like I'm a stag junior fiend. Yeah. I love stag junior, right? I could just be sitting here pouring a bottle.
4: Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it's like, uh, well, dude, you. Well, me yeah, right, but, but let me tell bomb. you my outlook on that. Like if, like if we're hanging out and we're friends, right? And he likes the stag junior and he pours a, you know half ounce or an ounce and he and i see that he loves it and i see his reaction i'll even so, sometimes i'll give him the bottle like well, in, I mean, in, inside dinginess. friends inside right. friends is right. different right. i'm talking
0: we don't know each other we're meeting right now right, right. we've all put four bottles up right yeah. you know you, there's, different. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of these there's i've actually met a lot of people in some of these clubs they have this really unique idea it's pretty cool they have these bottle kill parties which i think is great you've actually talked about it a lot and I actually into fruition with them inside some of these conversations. They're like, everybody has to bring a bottle that only has about half or a third left in the bottle, right? Everybody brings two bottles. You know, you got like 25 people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what that does is it eliminates the idea that anybody can do the half glass pour, right? If, If you've got what's left in that spring bank there and I do a half glass pour, the bottle's gone.
4: right? You know what I mean? So it eliminates that whole idea from taking place. And there's some people that don't know about the etiquette. They don't, they, they, they've never been around that, that, you know, that atmosphere where they can, they have to like pour a little. They, they're used to getting big pours. You know what oh,
3: I'm saying? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm in a mad drinker group, right? So I haven't had any alcohol since 95 but I, you know, everybody drinks around me, right? I enjoy my cigars, so I, I don't have any problem with the company or the anything like that. Hey, enjoy yourself. But I get to witness everything when everybody's had their phone, right? So everybody else has had seven or eight glasses and they're all feeling real good about themselves. And you get to watch that one cat who never provides a bottle that's over $9, right? Ah, oh, the mooch, right? <laughs> yeah. Who does that, who does what you say? He, he yeah. knows what a, what a $150 bottle is. He just, his pocket doesn't call for it. So
1: when he's got that empty glass and he sees it, you know, he fills it. And does he know, <clears throat> does he know it's a $75 pour someplace? Yeah, he knows, it, he, knows right, he knows it. He knows because,
4: especially the guy that I was dealing with, because he goes, dude, this is over $250 bottle. Right. And that's when he, so he, he already knew the, the price. But, and I'm like, dude, you can get as much as you want, but like pace yourself. Like, yeah. you mm-hmm. can get a couple four-ounce pours or one-ounce pours, but, you know, yeah, don't go over. And I, and right I think I
0: think that's probably the difference. Like when you're hanging out with friends, is like, you know, that's why there's all these bottles that aren't empty. They're 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 cruising. No, I don't think any of these bottles will empty when we leave. You know, it's just a little bit. Hey, that was really good. Might I about to do do another one? Yeah. And pour a little splash of it, man. And there's also the responsibility when you've got 15, 20, or you have the option to get after 60 different pours. Maybe you don't touch all sixty of them. Maybe you don't Eight. touch all fifteen bottles. Eight. Like if you're a guy that's drinking eighty-five to a hundred proof, and everyone's going nuts over this hundred and thirty proof bottle, mm-hmm. maybe you don't do that one today, right. right? Do it when you haven't been drinking yet. That's the biggest thing I see is the the, the elevation in proof when people lose
4: their shit, so crazy. Because yeah. they
0: just they're not used
4: but to it. Remember the picture that I showed you? See how many? And that was half the bottles. Yeah, more bottles yeah. on the side, right? So we ended up. None of us that were that brought all those bottles. None of us are drunk because we were drinking half ounce pours. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we tried mostly everything on the day, and there was high proof stuff, but we don't go overboard because you're, you're not there to get drunk. You're there to, you know, bounce ideas off each other, flavors. Like what did right. you get from that? What did you get from this? Right. Like, you know. So you're not you're not drinking to get drunk. uh Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Props go off to. Uh Prince George here for the
1: coolest whiskey box you gotta bring you gotta bring that that case back out well I have a couple of them oh sorry I have one very much like that I was I saw him with it and I've got an old-school one that has one side has the two you put the two bottles in the one side and the other has the cork the stir and the cups and uh, we, i brought that with Mark. We, uh, buddy of mine's got a garage he dialed into a man cave, and we brought some turkey 101 in here because I had a guy, a big Burger guy, who I think turkey 101 is the best. It's phenomenal, and he's just like he's an ambassador um, for a company, and he just says 101 is the bomb. So I brought me and Mark. Well we didn't even yeah. probably drink the other yeah. bottle. That one on one turkey was Ooh. you nice. loved it.
4: That the the the, the mouthfeel on that spring bank is it's amazing, good. man. It's velvety it's like
5: Yeah, a little bit of peat to it.
4: Yeah. Just just a slight Yeah, different from the Space I definitely. But is that is that Pete or is that the cast iron?
5: I think it's peat.
0: Uh but I, does it bite like Pete
5: though?
0: No. And see that the most interesting thing that I want to do, we haven't done it yet, is like if you take if you take a, a, a Scottish cash strength anywhere between like one ten and, and like one ten is just fine and then take it against a hundred and thirty five proof bourbon, the
3: proofing
0: is wildly different, right? Like well, in Scotch, it's it's a it's like a obviously it's, it's going to be sweeter, but it's a sweeter
4: well it, proof out it less evaporates. Mm-hmm. From from the scotches because it's a colder temperature. Correct. Like bourbon, they start high, and, and you know a lot of that shit evaporates and condenses. In scotch, they can start low and it'll still be a cast strength. I you could have a you know a hundred, a hundred uh, proof cast strength, you know, or ninety proof cast. Strength. Well, technically, anything over a hundred. No, no. I, I I've seen a uh, ninety proof that's cast strength in scotch.
5: It depends where it goes. What's about. the what's the judge of
4: cash strength though?
5: That's I mean, what I that's, that's what I said. I mean, that's the interesting thing is scotch. Is I, I know I
0: know, you know in know the American it. market, cash yeah. strength is a, a one hundred point one up. That's cash strength. So I think
5: this is probably the first conversation I've had where you talk about scotch, You talk about proof and scotch in the same sentence. Scotch, in my experience, which is not great, but in my experience is all about flavor and process, and really the conversation around proof doesn't happen. It's about process and ingredients and where it's from and the elements from that particular region. The transparency. Yeah. No color added. Exactly. It's not not strength. It's flavor-proof. I get that. I get it. Whereas American Bourbon, the cost That's strength legit. is a, a big part of uh, a big part of the It's an
0: attribute to it, right? Yeah. It's people. It's it's sought after. Like I, I one hundred percent prefer. I think I probably speak for the cowboy too. I prefer higher proofed bourbons because I think what happens that we figured out over the past few years, distinctively, is I think a lot of these markets are finding out that like one oh nine to one twenty five. Stuff
1: starts it's getting real sweet, but yeah, if you experience that proof, like, I take a prime example is like, okay, so we're drinking Blanton's, so we drink Blanton's for a year, we get used to that, 90 proof Blanton's, it's really good, and then all of a sudden, when you talk about proofs, and then you're handed the golden horse from Canada, and it's 100 to 101, and you're like, whoa, are you kidding me? <laughs> it just... Um, it's a big difference, and I don't know that a lot of people experience that—the um, difference, you know. I think
4: I think uh, Scotch is, you know, that you can get a low proof as as opposed to bourbon and get a lot of flavor. Yes,
5: very much. So, bourbons are
4: more watered down when they get low proof, and Scotch—you can have a Scotch that's you know eighty89 and it's still you know there's a lot of
5: nuance in that in that yeah i think the big conversation around us, scotch is usually age yeah it's it's not proof yeah. it's you know like McAllen 18 right. does anybody really know what proof McAllen 18 is just off the top of their head no it's, it's no McAllen 18 right and it's we the like age, that flavor yeah. profile we like that age at that point you've got you know it starts to take elements of honey into it um, starts to have a little bit sweeter flavor some of the McAllen i think is probably one of the ones where Actually until you get above twenty five, McAllen doesn't change that much. You know, McAllen twenty five and McAllen eighteen, not much different. McAllen thirty, you're drinking honey at that point. But McAllen eighteen is it's the sweet sweat. It's it's, like, it's for me that's that's like the, yeah. the epitome of scotch. Yeah, I right know we're gonna be talking about eighteen so much now. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to try to see
4: that's the that's the thing, like the, why I told you that roglati to me. Is doing something right. They got some scientists there. they mm-hmm. they know what they're doing because they have five year old scotch, and to have it taste with like the depth of flavor that that, that they get right. out of that, you know, it's it's crazy you know to me. And that that like that's 194 parts per million in in peat, mm-hmm. and you do it doesn't come across that way. Right. Like you can have a Lafrey or an Art that's like 90 parts per million that overwhelms you with smoking is impeding this. Very much. Yeah, I mean,
5: Lefroy also does Ackintoshin. Yeah. Ackintoshin, like out of the Lefroy family, mm-hmm. Ackintoshin any day of the week is my favorite. I just, I really? Check it out. Okay. It's, it's got that smoothness, a little bit of honey to it. I have no idea how old it is. I have no idea what proof right. it is. It just tastes really good.
4: Smooth, yes. So, yes. had a go. Good. Yeah,
0: it's a good past. Oh, nice. So get wash the old hands, everything's good to go. Yeah. Again, I
3: had a locking door, there was a
4: reason for that? So so I want
3: to know I'm not worried
0: about it. the spring bank. What what do you I like it. Um, what actually what, what actually know? is uh, unique about it is I'm again, it's actually kinda of fun to talk to you about. Which one we, are we were you guys talking about? Uh, Springbank, right here. This one. No, sir. Right there. Um, I hunt higher proof scotches. So um, McCallan Cash Strength, which is part of the Quest collection, um, phenomenal. Highland Parks full volume, mm-hmm. and then they did their uh, Valkyrie Cash Strength. The um green. I love those. What's different in this one is this one is slightly confusing because, like you said, you say a little bit of Pete, and I'm like, well, is that just is that just the proof? Um, I like the way it plays, but you still the sweetness is still there. But it, it becomes it becomes secondary, which is unique. Normally, like if you're used to drinking higher proof bourbons, right? What what's the number one component that comes through in any bourbon? You can find a sweetness, right? Yeah. Because of the sugars that leave the barrel, Baking the char levels, etc. Yeah. Right? You know, take sweet and call it. You know, break it down into parameters, etc. You can find out what it is you're tasting or playing with.
4: Um. But I like the way this one delivers. But even that on the finish, I, I like. So. Springbank, Campbelltown, like they have, they have a, they have a lot of families, right? So you either really like Springbank, or you don't like it at all. Like you know, they're they're no in between. And I have no problem. That would be a, a daily drinker. Because I mean, they have like I, if I, you I, try with other with other uh, regions, there's a funk there that you don't get. Or else. There's like a murkiness. There's a like, okay. A, okay, there like, like a, go
0: with that. Go with murky because like when I think of peated Scotch, I'm not a peat guy. Like I, I don't. I shouldn't say I like peat. I don't like that overly smoked peat. Right. That right. Like, like that whole campfire, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah.
5: a bond would be yeah. would be in there. Yeah
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. But but even when you get into that, so like when you look at um, Lefroy's cavorkin right it's a very very peaty scotch but it's not that smoked smokehouse
4: peat like i don't like that campfire in your nostrils thing i'm, I'm not I, I do not enjoy it. I, I start people off with a like if they don't like peat i'll have them try bag blue though yeah and because that Ardberg pork in. sorry thank it. you it was Ardberg. so so yeah. it, it hits you with a little bit of peat at the beginning but then it just like chocolate and, mm. you know deep dark fruits like mm-hmm. stewed fruits so, like, even people that don't like scotches, you know, or that don't like peaty stuff, will enjoy that. Because after you, and, and you, I have to tell them, actually, because if, if you don't tell them, then, you know, you have to suggest, hey, see if you can pick these flavors out. You know
0: what I'm saying? Well, I, I can equate that to bring it back into cigars, too. It's like, I, I'm i one of those guys, that I, I smoke, I normally smoke, you, you, we all know that, I smoke very full-body, full-strength oh, cigars. I like, I like big essence tobacco I very much enjoy it but I'm also a fan of when that spice punches your tongue I love that when it dries your mouth out it's just fucking spicy everywhere yeah a lot of people can't stand that but in that same context that same sentence they're like but I like spice and it's like okay so the same way I don't like smoky peat, but I do don't mind peat. It is that you like spice that encompasses your palate, but you don't like when it pinpoints your tongue or that straight black pepper play. You like the overalls, like, I I, I call it like hot sauce spice and then raw pepper spice, right? With hot sauce, you get it everywhere, right? You get a little bit in your nose, kind of throw a little bit, you get the taste, all it. there's flavor involved. But then when you just bite into a raw chili, it's just boom, it's there. You know, it starts starts getting uh, ominous and, and poisonous to a texture right like it lingers and it hangs and it just stings right away i can I, see I don't that, that, in
4: that but it has to be well blended like like
0: if it's Oh, i'm not spicy, just talking you know, I'm, I'm not talking some nas shit like yeah. i'm not talking that but um you know like when, when you take a, when you take a well-aged and, I, and this is always going to sound backwards people don't know a well-aged 64 exclusive so, the way that spice just pinpoints your tongue it's the first thing you get. When you put the wrapper in your mouth, it's like someone uses a lot of pepper here. Like <laughs> <laughs> a lot of I very much enjoy
4: that. You know? You guys smoking another one? Mm-hmm. What are
3: you talking about? We're that's what that spring bank for them. me.
1: That's like pot rocks on my tongue. Yeah? That's just dancing all over the Oh, yeah. we got new
2: Scots
0: on. We got new Scots on the Bourbon Cowboy.
1: But am I wrong? Am I, I mean, that's what I'm getting from that. And I, there's overtones of a little peat there, but it's popping all over the, the tongue. Can do that now? Ooh, ooh.
2: Ooh.
4: Uncle Eddie got gifts. You like light cigars. I do. This is the uh, Osnigr. That's an Osner. Yeah, the
0: Syntesis. It's got syn- a colorful label on it,
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Synesthesia. So that's a pretty, uh cigar, to go. Um, Cowboy, you have another one? Yeah. Okay. I'm you glad like, I got a gift. I got something for you. Oh, I got something for you too. You like uh, Corojo? Yes. I do. Try this, uh, shit, I want to give you the super deluxe, but this Piggy Smalls. Have you ever had that? The Piggy Smalls? Piggy Smalls?
1: <laughs> yeah, Edward Sued. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that kind of sucks about me and Mark together is we've got very similar palettes. Yeah, and um, because I'm a big spice guy too, I mean, I the more flavor, the better. That's why. Oh, speaking
0: of spice, I want to point this out. This this cigar, uh, this Avada, is, is
4: building in its in its body spice. Is that a, a, a two or one? This, this is the uh, the second. The two. One. I have uh, I have the one. If you want. How many one. ones do you have? Uh, I have a bunch. Ten. You have a bunch. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy some for me. No, no. I'll give them to me.
5: Well, I don't want one. Uh, he gives everything away. No,
0: I don't want one. <laughs> I mean, I got plenty. Okay.
4: Yeah. But you want to try this one? I have, I have plenty. Right. Oh, okay. I don't have one. The uh, I don't remember this. Shit. <laughs> okay. Look at the. It blows bathroom. me away, man. Every time. This is the super deluxe. Actually, that, you, you lost me a one. woo That's been in. That's been in there for a minute. Is this a lost and found? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Has to be. Yeah. Um. Is that room one and one No, That's.
1: Uh, this is 101. Oh, that's filthy. <laughs> so I think that you'll like that. That's funny. I brought a 101. Oh, that's filthy.
4: And then I have a uh, ghostly great... You can, you can, uh, oh, you dirty fuck. I got plenty of those. I'm just sitting there aging them, man. Just, right, just
0: go ahead and throw me that memo, bro. <laughs> throw me that demo. i send you a dollar amount and you, uh, just, uh, fill it. Oh, uh, yeah, the spring was good. And actually, you know what's kind of cool about that is I want to, do you, you guys want to go to bourbon
1: next or do you want to play around scotch a little bit or? You guys want to try that, the bones? Yeah. You guys have never had the bones. You guys ought to give that a little Did shit. you pour the uh,
4: Stolak? Is that what
5: you pour? I'm, I'm, I'm pairing the uh, Stolak with the, uh, which one was this one?
4: Monte Cristo. The Monte, Monte Cristo. Cristo.
5: Yeah, it works pretty well. Yeah.
0: This is what I call the Three Musketeers cigar because that's what it is. to exactly. yeah. Try that. Are you picking up a little spice in the end of the cigar? Did you pick up spice in the end? Yeah.
1: Well, I was picking up spice when you said there was no spice. I was like, oh. And then, but then I think I was probably picking a little of that up from the Duke, Mm -hmm. um, which we, in in all fairness, we always. When we're talking about cigars, we're we're drinking too, right? Right. So that adds another element to what what we're smoking and what we're tasting, right? For sure. That
5: has actually been a new development for me. So. Up until meeting Mark and, and, that. We'll and, and, that. and hanging out, and you know, trying oh, so his so cigars know. and doing the pairing, like the pairing of cigars and whiskey, as a active action, to where right. you're actually deliberately trying to pair cigars and whiskey, is it's opened up. You know, my wife and I mm-hmm. do whis- yeah. uh, wine tasting time all the time. time. time okay. You do wine and cheese, mm-hmm. wine and meat, right? And then the whole whiskey cigar pairing is absolutely going to absolutely really fascinating new development. development for me yeah. well that's why i think it's kind for of unusual uh, about our uh,
1: podcast because I've been for those when we talk to people about our cigars kind of and everything we're, we're we're quick to talk about our cigars but i try to tell people you know craft and puro this started from a podcast of mm-hmm. trying bourbons and cigars together and talking about them and Very few. You can always find somebody talking about cigars and somebody talking about bourbon, right? Talking about both of them together, and bantering back about what we're tasting and enjoying, and that I, I think has been has been fun about our podcast, which is a little bit different. Yeah. And then when we get into the cigars, you know, that's a little and adding that to the bourbon, and that I think that's a little different.
5: It's, it's an experience. So when when Mark and I was sitting down when Stolich released last month and we were sitting down and, and smoking through the Craft & Pure cigars and doing the stirlock with each one. The experience for each cigar with the Stirlock was very different. Like one of them was very balanced. They very much complemented each other. One of them put some more spice into the stolock, And then the stolock on the last one, I can't remember which one was which, put some sweet into the cigar. And just, we're drinking the same whiskey but with three different cigars, the experience is very different. Right. And just to, to enter into that journey and that, that experience of investigating and learning and really yeah, taking a that, that that journey. Was,
0: that was fun because you had never done a cigar tasting that okay. way. Right? Right. In total, we, we lit nine different, nine cigars, right? three of each blend. But the idea was that one would cook a little then you'd set one down, then you'd go back, then you'd come back, you'd be like, ooh, well, I tasted this, well, hang on, all right, hang on, a little water wash, come back, do this one, do, 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 and play it through them. And what that did is we were doing the launch with Still up Whiskey, so it was like, so when he was sitting over there pouring whiskey, and someone smoking a cigar, and then he was smoking, he was smoking Cyclops that night, he was talking about the damn cigar with it, because he knew the way it paired together, like the way they treated each other which it's always fun. You're like, when we sit down, we're doing on blend stuff and we're smoking over and over and over. Like Sigma Luciano, we've sat with these guys and you're, you're smoking a cigar, unrolling a cigar, tasting each leaf, then you roll it back up
1: then you go, oh, shit. Okay, I get it. You know? Now you think everybody was enjoying our cigars that night and I was like, Maybe the whiskey was helping out as well. It, it did because sure. it
5: added. I mean, both played very well together. Yeah, that's really great. I'm glad you brought that up. That's
0: all great. right. So, uh, Cowboy, why don't you talk about what we're drinking next, and then uh, I'm glad I want you to talk about what you passed out. I remember. We're <laughs> uh, doing super deluxe. He's doing the Osz Ozen, Ozen,
4: and he's got the Piggy, Piggy, Piggy Smalls. So the El Super Deluxe is a Sofa King. Uh, Sofa. Sofa. Sofa King. Sofa King cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, what you have, the wrapper is a uh, Habano. Um, that's a Habano. Yeah, the binder. it's a... Uh, it says Habano and... Man,
1: that's really different.
4: I'm in, I'm with it, it's dark. N-A? Yeah. Okay. The binder is a uh, Sumatra, and the filler, Dominican and Nicaraguan, it doesn't specify the uh, filler. So that's uh, from 2018. Excuse me, I'm gonna doctor this up real quick. So. Uh, you yeah. Just uh, a, yeah, and, and then scissors. I gave him a Cafe Cubano, which is a, a provada cigar that I got through their, I don't think it was. I, I, that might have been an LCA release. Oh, looking like I that, yeah. Right Piggy go. Smalls? Uh, the Piggy Smalls, no, it was uh, uh, Edgar Seward. And, and it was all. I've got that through Provada's website. But it was. Uh, they, they sell five packs. Uh, Sir Louis Cigars also sells them. Uh, but I think Sir Louis like, does? I think, yeah. that, I think he has an exclusive, and the blend is a
5: slightly different. Yeah. These are good to go. This, this works really well. The uh, the so I gave uh, Prince
4: Mark Prince Mark on Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> on hoppers gonna kind of stay I mean it's like
5: a coal sign That's oh
4: something. he he's yeah. got the death bucket number two
1: yeah have you had one yeah I only have like three of these left and I have the original death bucket but I didn't know if you wanted to smoke this you're welcome to it.
4: Oh, I thought that was the one that I
1: gave you. No, no you it gave matter. me Piggy Small's. <laughs> yeah, and this one because you brought that up. You Want to try it or have you had it? Uh, a- yeah, I have one in there. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, uh, so
4: that, what's what that, this one? That is the uh, Osniger. Osniger? It's a it's a newer company, right? Uh, so they used to. So, so it's the same company that made CA. The it's same. It's crown Heads. Okay. So it what for?
0: Quick backers, you're John Huber, Brian McGee. Uh, Chris Odger, they all used to work for CAO back in the day. Chris Odger yeah. has been a partner with John Huber and Crown
4: since its inception. This is the first namesake cigar line that he's put out. Yeah. Well, the Osniger family left They stopped making CAOs, right? Yes, they left at the same they, time. They're, that, they're doing their own yeah. thing, yeah. Can I put a wrap up? So that's the artist series because the father, Cano, is an artist um, in Nashville. He has, the, actually, the, that old uh, factory, is now like a, a an artist, uh, art, depot. Uh, yeah, art depot, or like a um, no, not flea market. That, that's not the right word. I <laughs> mean, a little museum, yeah. museum. Yeah, let's go. Right but back. um, a gallery, gallery, and uh, so that's their lighter version. They have the yeah. Bosphorus, which is I like that.
5: Yeah, yeah I mean that that's in my rooms. Yeah, this it, this kind of flavors, is right. is, you know, light to medium.
4: Yeah, but they're making like everybody's talking them up, man, like,
5: yeah, the and all other stuff is good, yeah. Yeah.
4: And then I have a Ghostly Granger. A little bit of Buster in it. Yeah. yeah. Ghostly Granger? Yeah, which is like, you remember the old Cabbage Vatch, yeah. the, the little cards? Yeah. So on the pack, it's a five pack and it has uh, one of those little cards on it. So that. that must be bravada. Yeah. 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 But I've been aging a lot of this stuff. I like a lot of the Br- They'll provide us stuff It's just Not everything's going to be a hit Just like with Any brand right um, Like any brand that you get Never going to argue that yeah. Yep
0: Alright Well we're going to get I'm, gonna, I'm on a super deluxe Did you say that Yeah, yeah. Okay
1: alright uh, Cowboy What are we pouring man So This Is And I think I already said it Earlier on the podcast um, I think the Mad Russian Finally brought one of these To the table with us One time and um, it's backbone bourbon, and this specific one is a 15 year, and it's MGP juice, but this is a 15 year reserve, 107 proof. And um, I've always enjoyed these, and they've got different varieties of it out and whatever. But for anybody who wants to do a pour, of that have you? That's what I. Have I got mine, yeah, buddy. Okay, good. Yeah. So let's choose, cheers. Cheers.
0: Have we done this back one, this one? Yeah. I
1: think you have.
0: It's been a while, yeah. but
4: like that uh, get some, definitely get some oak for sure.
0: Uh, Your highness, do you want some ice?
5: No, I'm, I'm good. I want to take it, taste it pure first. Yeah,
0: take it,
4: take it clean. <laughs> the nose the nose this
0: it. and see that's a good progression off of springbank you know it's not it's not that it's you're staying
1: you're staying inside proof I just felt all like right? I pulled out of the galaxy and the pot rocks and now I'm smoothed out <laughs> <clears throat> because man that thing was dancing all over my tongue at springbank but So I'm this finished. this conversation
0: came up again the other day, and I want to pass this around for talk. What's the oldest cigar that you've ever smoked?
4: Anybody can go. Sure, he's had some. Oh, Jay has had some. I have to
3: look up the name.
0: So I have like currently oldest in the humidor. I have some 2002 64's from Padron. Um,
4: Are you saying that
0: we've aged ourselves, or that we've been oldest? You smoked or I'm just, I'm just trying. I'm going to start okay. it up, like everyone's thinking. And then I do still have from 2011 Punch, released their rare Corojo in a Solomon size. They did. They were 10 count boxes. They did 2,500 boxes. And when I bought the cigar at the time, it, tells me it was a nine dollar cigar. I still have two of those cigars. So they were two years old, at box age, and now they're, math for me, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, so fourteen years old. Just the okay. oldest sitting, and then I've got, you know, I have a, I have a lot of, a lot that we smoke regularly from fifteen and sixteen, that just Tatuajes and k two twos reserves. reserves. So, so I have a
5: question. So, I enjoy cigars. Mm-hmm. None of them last that long.
0: <laughs> well, no, okay, okay. So let me explain this from my, from my they, point they of view. They get smoked
5: within <laughs> from, a couple of years of the acquiring. From my those. point of view,
0: I, I have thousands of cigars. And the only reason, with the exception of, like, my Calaveras boxes, because I do want to have enough of every one that every year we can go back and smoke on them over and over and over and over, and over again. Um, but, and that's, that's the most, uh, like... Sequential thing that I guess I get. Sequential? that word right? I think that's like
3: Spanish.
0: Year after, I told you I'm good at this. Yeah. Year after year, <laughs> linear development in product that I Sequential. have. Sequential. Right. Sequential. Thank you. I was close. Uh, speaking Latin, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, but a lot of my stuff that ages, quote ages, simply comes from the fact that. It's in there, then you buy buy more and I set them on top, and then I buy more and I move them around and move them around. Then we go looking for something to smoke, we pull something out, and we go, Well, damn, that's from Kind of forgot we had those. You know, you've done it, we've done it in, in, your, in your, your, your coolers. You reach yeah, out to the bottom, you're like, Oh shit, I'm like, Damn, it's been there since 17, right? You don't even know. You know, that's, that's where my quote aging play comes from. I don't intentionally, especially now, like I think this is warranted to say, everybody needs to understand this. In the modern market on cigars, and again, we'll, we'll play that new world term outside of Cuba, the average 11 to $17 cigar, the wrapper alone is already at two years when it's on the tobacco. Right? And so if you have a cigar that comes out, it hits the market, the age on the cigar is at 18 months, two years, you know, two and a half years, it's pinnacle point. Maybe three years, it might be four years, it might be five years, right, depends on the cigar. Um, so aging now because of the the natural age and the the the, back stock on tobacco that's being produced, aging now is kind of dangerous because, I shouldn't say dangerous, dangerous if you're looking for a desired effect, right. If you enjoy a way a cigar tastes right now, if it's very big, bold, spicy and fun, you age it and you come back to it two years from now, you might find that cigar has gotten real floral, calm, and just married together. Because the oils have left the tobacco, they, they've evaporated out, it's reached its pinnacle age point, and now it's just the, the purest point of the tobacco settling. Right? Now, if you've got cigars that were rolled in 95, average age of tobacco in 95 could have been 91 days. I mean, you're talking straight out of fermentation to the curing barn and then bam onto the rolling floor rolled sat maybe sat for a week or two you know and then pushed out into the market right um aging from that standpoint probably has done really good anybody's got you know 30 year old cigars i'm sure it's a hell of an experience to be had right tobacco that old that vintage antique kind of play on the tobacco um but with, with the modern stuff it gets it gets very difficult you know i mean gotcha Average, average age on a wrapper, I mean, you look at a Mackinac and an Esparato, the wrapper's 16 months old, yes. you know, and
4: yeah. you're looking at a six fifty to $7 cigar, you know, it's, it's... I think the oldest cigar that I've had, it wasn't a great cigar, uh, but the guy gave it to me, be, uh, Andrew gave it to me, the hill, because he was like, Yo, you need to try something that's been aged, even if it's not, like, the greatest when he first got it, but it was a Dunhill, and, it, and it's a from England mm-hmm. but it was one of the like their lower uh, you know tier uh, Dunhills mm-hmm. I don't know how many different Dunhills there are but I think it was like 2010 I believe they, they said nice and uh, and it smoked super light after all that age probably it's, it, it got even lighter yeah. right. I bet it was different when you first got them.
5: so I probably I probably like it a lot
4: yeah <coughs> I like that age does, does that it, it, it'll mellow out I've right. been the strongest, you know, cigar. So that's the probably the oldest. And then, because I'm a new smoker, the stuff that I've been aging, which is like, I gave him one, I've had him for two, two and a half years. Uh, but I haven't started, I didn't start smoking, I've been smoking for like three years now, so buying my own you know I used to I used to do the smoking where you share the same cigar. Oh right. well, we've all done that. That's
1: how I started out. <laughs> yeah. Well I would imagine my humidor is a lot like yours I mean because we like a lot of the same stuff. You probably have older and more bedrone than I have but Las Caveras I've got boxes back to 17 that I still have just like you and then all in between so probably most of the stuff I have is sitting in there from 17 to here. How long have you been smoking? <clears throat> probably I want to say when I got out to uh, to Utah probably in 2003 to 2004 I really just started really enjoying cigars. Okay. Yeah. And. Uh, What started was Swisher Sweets. Yeah, man, they were (laughs) good. I think we all start there, (laughs) and then come to find out, yeah, that really wasn't a cigar.
5: Yeah, no. Um, My first cigar ever was a massive, like long, as far as long, Cuban Cohiba, and I smoked it in one sitting. Like, welcome to cigars. How long did that take? It took me two and a half, three hours, and. Yeah, a little high at the end yeah. of uh, that experience. But that was my <laughs> introduction to cigars. Yeah, I mean, you guys, like really cigars. Yeah, you like light cigars. So that, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, being being in the the European market, like I, I follow some of these guys that hang out at the Sahakian's Lounge in, in London. And cool lounge, so right? Do you been to it? No, no I've seen well, it. I've yeah, seen videos. You mean, you'd follow Kirby Allison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. I, I got a beef with that dude because he's
1: like an
0: American dude from Texas that's in love with Europe and Cohiba, so he's a little bit of a reverse <laughs> pawn hopper but that's fine no but, but uh, he
1: can shine his shoes he can one of those reverse pawn that hoppers those traces we
5: won that he one, puts one a, he puts <laughs> a glass <laughs> finish on the shoes yeah you guys have done a good job with the country yeah
4: I like how, I like how, hey, I like how the Sahakian... That's the other podcast. (laughs) What's his son's name? Um, Edward. Edward Sahakian? Edward Sahakian and Eddie Sahakian. Eddie is the dad, right? Edward is the dad, Eddie is the son. So Eddie goes, may I have the pleasure of Mm. lighting a cigar for you? God, he makes, he makes... I wish somebody would do that for me. I got you, (laughs) right? Just
0: let me know.
4: But with that accent. Can't do that. (laughs) Can't do
0: that excuse me Kirby if you don't mind I have the, the pleasure of like which is like a V cut or straight right <laughs> he's like so <laughs> like
5: <laughs> it's proper very but, proper No, no, no,
0: shut up he does a lot there so like the, the Sahakians have their their vault and you know and they, they do handle a lot of the, the European exclusives that they get and, that, and so that's when it comes to Cubans for me that's what I want. Yeah. I want to find some of the Dubai exclusives, the shop exclusives in Europe that are being done by these 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 blenders. Uh, that Queen cigar. Uh, that. Yeah. Um, he she did one. He did one with the. Uh, it's not the fox, the hound. It's the. the F-
4: yeah, I'll look it up in a second. Um, did you see the Did you see the new lounge that they that they that they built? The sockets? Yeah. Yeah. It's all his rare. Yeah, Edwards. All all his rare stuff. I mean, I guess you're gonna pay an arm and the leg, but if he even lets you touch it, yeah. Well, anybody can go in there and buy them. Yeah, oh, that's, okay. that's what it's for. So, so there was there. I'm gonna
0: find this while I'm talking about this. But there was there was one one place <laughs> they okay. went to. This family has been. They were the original family that imported Cuban cigars for Winston Churchill into Europe, and. Um, They've got a vault with... They're, they're, they've got Cubans down there that are 125 years old. And...
3: I spoke to people
0: from Saddam uh, uh, San Francisco. From
3: Saddam
0: San Juno? Yeah. Nice. Hunters and Francao. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yeah. I have not. Yeah. That. So that, that family's been in business for 185 years. And Gemma Freeman runs it now. The great, great, great granddaughter. And babe, she, she pulled a box of Lanceros out. The damn box is from like, 81. Just, you know, like, no one even knew what a Lancera was in 81. Like, she's, they've got one that was made for Fox and Frank Out, like, made for that humidor. To be aged and held on to, and she pulls them out, cuts them open, and... and Well, I heard,
4: like, them, was it you that were telling me that a lot of members, they'll, like, they'll die, and they'll leave, they'll have, they'll be aging a lot of cigars in there, they keep, that place keeps it for them. And when they pass, like, the family members forget about it, so they sell. Yeah, some of those aged... They
0: give, them, they give them, I think it's a year after death, if nobody yeah. comes and claims them, or comes and re-ups the
4: membership or whatever, then... So there's got to be stuff in there that's yeah. like, you know... Well
0: so dude, when they, when they show it, it's literally like the catacombs of one way. Like you walk down these, you know, like they're built on top of a castle, you know those circle steps, you go down, the ceilings are only five feet high, and then there's these walls of lockers. And there's just shit. They still have Winston Churchill's locker. It's still locked. There's still shit in it. They don't do anything with it. It's just there, you know. And you go down there if you buy out of their vintage collection. You're allowed to walk down through it. You can see it through. But you know, buying a cigar collection, you're talking eleven hundred dollars for a single part.
5: Right.
0: Yeah, and it may be a being that old. It might be a corona. <laughs> right. <I think. laughs> the 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 dollar bill is larger than the fucking cigar.
4: I wonder how much uh, the Saddam Hussein cigar was. Shit. <laughs> uh,
3: I just have to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, won't, we won't talk much more about it. you're <laughs> lucky.
4: That's a good blend, man. I like that uh, old bone. Old bones. Uh. Yeah, that's good. And especially with this cigar, because this is a little spicy. And that's like marshmallow, like caramel.
1: That's kind of MGP's character though. They, yeah. All their stuff is so good. That's what's kind of nice about this <clears throat> company down here in Bourbon that I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Bourbon, Missouri is what he has decided to do is he's buying six, seven, eight-year um, barrels and he's finishing So basically he's adding value. Very talented. And he's got a broker who gets him these barrels, because I was asking him, I understand everything except how you get those barrels? Well, and we were like, we look, broken. we know,
0: we've actually sat with big people in big companies. They can't get that barrel. Right. <laughs> think right. you have that barrel. Like, who who else have you heard finishes something in a stag junior barrel? Yeah, Buffalo Trace does. That's about all I've heard. Really. Yeah. I, I think
1: know. it's another curve in the industry that people are going to be catching on to, because that's really unique and a great idea mm-hmm. and of
5: course putting up a distillery in bourbon missouri i mean that's perfect right? i've driven that, past that there very
1: much 40 years i mean and I'm like why is there a great bourbon bar it's, it's, it's a, that the, the best
5: guy. water tower ever every time i drive past yeah. the water town Bourbon, missouri is like oh that's that's just perfect because I have got the classic old it looks like a bourbon barrel yeah I know, but it's you know, oh really it, it's like a more, more like a fermentation uh-huh that, but they've got bourbon on it, and they keep it. It's not the one they really use. They've got this newfangled water water tower. But uh, but yeah, I've thought for years, somebody needs to put a, a good distillery in Bourbon, Missouri, and there you finally we've got one. So no, he, he does a phenomenal, he's got a phenomenal reputation about being able to, to blend and finish in an incredible way. I did a, a tasting on Stolak out at uh, Grillo's in Lake St. Louis. And the majority of people coming in were coming in for their, their barrel pick from Bourbon, Missouri. And they were trying ours, and, but also picking up bottles of the as a barrel king. Okay. You know, it was, and yeah, everybody was raving about it. It's a great idea. Bourbon is, is
4: no longer just Kentucky, man. It's, it's... Texas is making good stuff. Kentucky
0: would like states. A bunch of states got that legislation passed. And yeah. You can follow the quote bourbon law. And well, yeah, yeah, you're yeah right. Kentucky,
5: Kentucky would like, like to make you believe it all has to be out of Kentucky, yeah. but technically it's virgin barrel, at least fifty-one percent corn, right, and made in America. Yeah, but, well, and then grain
0: grain source from the region in which it's in. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And, and that's
5: cool. it. It doesn't have to be Kentucky anymore to be bourbon, and we've got some really good bourbons coming out from around the country. Uh, we do, but if you call it bourbon, then it's. Yeah, I mean Stolich, we don't. I mean Stolich is technically a bourbon, but we don't call it bourbon because we're taking advantage of the new Missouri law that says Ozark Highlands has these quality ca- characters characteristics to it. So we market Stolich as an Ozark Highlands whiskey, but it is technically a bourbon. But we're 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 creating a new space on the shelf, so you, know, you don't have to replace your favorite bourbon. You know, now this have your favorite New Highlands right. alongside your favorite Tennessee whiskey alongside your favorite scotch. That's smart. And, you know, it's a lot easier to enter the market that way right. than to say, we've got another bourbon that's going to be in the mix of all Added the other a, bourbons. Yeah, it's
1: Right. right. Yeah, you know, what's crazy about that is <clears throat> one of our shows, there's a winery out here in Defiance, Sugar Creek, <clears throat> and the owner, I, I've met him, and they do a lot of great things out there. I think they've got a great vodka. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, tree. Judgment Tree, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, and he, I <coughs> said to Mark, <coughs> we're having a podcast, and me and Mark don't script anything, which that's our show. But I brought out this brandy. What are you talking about? This whole thing's scripted, right? I yeah, said exactly. I brought out this brandy, Didn't and he's change. like, "Well, what you're bringing out?" Brandy? I says, "Let me tell you, it's cutting. It's right uh-huh. on that uh-huh. edge. Uh-huh. It is." He yeah. set that ball down the pool, I'm like I'm not drinking that shit. And I'm like, you have to try this because I think it's right on the cusp of whiskey, bourbon, whatever you want to do, and try it because I think they're doing some smart stuff up there, and and
5: it's very good. Yeah, most of it's aged two years when I was last there, because I live in Defiance, so I'm very close to that, and they had, when I was there probably a few months ago, they had five different batches, Yep. and each batch was very unique. And I think I, I think we landed on batch four was our, our favorite. But yeah, batch one through five, we tried them all, of course. And uh, I think batch one sold out. Like we didn't get to try batch one. But each one had a very different flavor profile to it. Yeah. And they did a really good job. Everyone was good. No no, batch four in my opinion was better. But I'm I'm excited to see what they do when they start to age it a little bit more. Yeah. And, and go beyond the two years. Maybe embrace the Ozark Highlands, which is a minimum of a four-year requirement. But, yeah, they, they're doing some good stuff. So, so for, Ozark, it. for it to be
4: uh, uh,
5: Ozark Highlands, it has to be... Minimum, if you're going to do an aged Ozark Highlands under Missouri law, it's four years minimum. Oh,
4: wow. Yeah.
5: So there's, there's, it has to be from the Ozark Highlands. has to use Ozark Highlands water. No,
4: Who established the, the, Missouri. that? Missouri.
5: Okay. So it passed the legislature last year. So it now has... And, but and did elect- they bring
4: a bunch of you guys together to come so up with that? the
5: legislation, the legislation was built on Scotch standards and bourbon standards and Missouri bourbon standards. It kind of took so the blend. best of all of them and said, "Here's the standards." Those change through the legislative process, but it's you know all natural, no chemicals added, minimum of four years on the aged, aged, uh, aged uh, spirits. Um, so it's, it really, so as Ozark Highlands starts to come out, there's only two right now, we're, we're privileged to be one of them. As they come out, you know, the first taste is going to actually have some quality to it. So it's not going to be, we aged it seven days and it's now Ozark Highlands. It's aged four years and you're going to see differences in.
4: That's a good age. It is.
5: You're going to see differences in fermentation, differences in, in style. So we're excited to see this new category of whiskey nice. come up and and people start to embrace it and start to do, do you guys like play it. around with
4: like corn strains and, and like different
5: so, so from, from our perspective we use heirloom seed okay. so food quality um, our mash builds 55% corn 40% wheat, mm-hmm. and, uh, honey wheat and then 5% malted barley but that doesn't have to be a mash build because the original Ozark Highlands was put out by Nobletons yeah, for plantas. And that's got rye in the mix, okay. so very different flavor profile, but still is an Ozark Island's whiskey. So you know the quality is there, but then your mash build can be completely different.
4: Totally. <coughs> so no rye at all? in the
5: well, not us, but because in an in, plantas, in the future? Um we we may do a rye in the future. I mean, we, the Sterlock is getting rave reviews right now, so so why why mess with something that's that's good? But we'll eventually probably do a Stoloc Rye, we'll do it at Stoloc Sick. we'll do a Stoloc Tan. You know, we'll, we'll do all, all of the, the various aspects that people are looking E-B-O's for.
4: You've got some competition.
5: Oh yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> the, the, the biggest thing about it is, for Missouri particularly, to have this quality standard around it allows a whole bunch of distilleries to maybe add a year or two to their, their aging process and put out some really good Ozark Island's whiskey. It but raises the flavor the profile is going to be across the board and you can really find something that you really like
2: oh
1: yeah, Speaking yeah of right. defiance i guess hamilton came in and <coughs> bought some more property and the business down there
5: uh the defiance in or oh so the the hoffman's yeah the hoffmans. Yeah, the hoffmans. yeah the hoffman's yeah they're they're focusing on wine so they're they're developing all the wineries around they're really improving I mean, Missouri is known historically for really good dry reds, um, but they're really than Nord- the dry whites. The Norton is huge. Back in the 1700s, the Missouri wine industry basically saved the French wine industry because they had, uh, they had the blight in, in France in the 1700s. And then Missouri's uh, vineyards were immune to the blight that was going on in France. So there's a lot of grafting in over in, in France of Missouri binds to really save the, the, the French wine industry so you've got that, that historical aspect to what's gone on in Missouri and then on the wine side Missouri Pride Prohibition was one of the largest producers of wine in the US and so there's this huge history and then Ozark Highlands is built on 200 years of distilling history it has been called the Ozark Highlands for the last 200 years by the US government I did not know that and a lot of it's moonshine and a lot of it's you know well even mule shine so there's moonshine which was done at night there's day shine that was done during the day and mule shine was been so far into the woods you had to use mules to carry the barrels out nice. so you've got all that history and now you've got some quality standards around Ozark islands that allows you to really put out some good quality whiskey good quality excited spirits. You, that raises the bar it does and and that's key i mean right. kentucky you know you hear a lot of the kentucky distilleries talk about you know their distilleries on a limestone shelf. Well, the entire half of the lower half of Missouri is on a limestone highlands. So the entire water source from the southern half of Missouri is naturally limestone-filtered water. So you've got a sweet mineral water you can start with, which is phenomenal for spirits. And so you've got this industry that's starting to develop, taking advantage of that history, which hasn't done hasn't happened before. There's no reason Missouri distillery should not have the same level of quality and reputation that Kentucky distilleries do. And so you've got a, a group or of even people higher, now. Probably. Even higher. Yeah. But you've got a whole group of people now that are trying to develop this industry to really show Missouri can put out some really, really good whiskey. And hey, what about the wine? Well, the wine's... Do the you wine's dabble wine good? a little bit, too? I mean, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> I consume. You, you know, my first, <laughs> my first
4: job after culinary school... I did an externship at Chandler Hill Winery. Have you been there? Yeah. So when they first started, they were getting, they're still growing their stuff. So they had they had all their stuff in California, but now I guess they have their own, you know, wines from Missouri. Um, but I was impressed by that winery because it's, you know, you I was used 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 to go into like wineries and get like that sweet Missouri wine, and I didn't like that. You
5: know what I'm saying, and, and when I got Chandler Hill, I don't know if there are other ones that have just regular red wine that's not sweet. Yeah, so Augusta has it. I mean, any any of the distilleries in or any of the wineries in in uh, in Herman and in um, Augusta and in Defiance, if they have a dry red, it's usually based on either a Norton or a Chardonnay.
4: So, so their dry reds have a different. Completely different flavor profile than
5: than anything in the U.S.? Very much. Yeah, so a lot of them are based on the Norsen grape. So the Norsen grape is natural to Missouri. The thing about Augusta is it's like a microclimate. So you've got, you know, the Missouri River, you have the fog that develops over the Missouri River, and then it (coughs) flows up over the hills in Augusta. So it really creates a good micro environment for wine growing. Mm -hmm. So they take advantage of that. The soil is pretty good as well. Um, so, you're seeing people like the Hoffman's who have a vision and also have the finances to be able to develop and improve the quality process, really developing those those wines from the region. So, my wife, Janine, you've met her, she worked for the Ag
1: Department for like five years, maybe more, and um, so I had the opportunity as, you know, it, it's just like cigars, you start out with all the sweet wines and whatever, and then... Blah, 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 but I really fell in love with, I, I've had all the wines from Missouri. And Adam Putka, um, he put out a wine back in 94, 5, it was a Norton, mm-hmm. but it wasn't your typical Norton. It was. It had all that good, oaky, beautiful red to it, but yet it was really light. Yeah, And it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, they, they do a good job.
5: Yeah, and I, I think for
1: for all of I've tasted, Adam Puka puts out some of the best Nortons Missouri has. And of course, you always hear about California, but I, I've tasted a lot of them with my wife over the years and whatever. But I, I, I really think there's a, a huge future for quite. Put it up against agreed. there with, with.
4: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, very much. I need yeah. to try it, man. I need to try
5: it more. I um, mean, it's, it's got a very different aftertaste. Like stuff coming out of Sonoma or stuff coming out of Napa very different from Missouri, mm-hmm. so it's a different flavor profile, but it's still good. Okay. You know, it's it's just, it's got a little bit of a different taste to it.
4: Well, like I said, my experience was all sweet.
5: Yeah, so the sweet, not... I mean, sweet from wherever, Yeah, <laughs> it, it's okay, I mean, you start there. So, I, mean, so I, if... I started with White Zinfandel, <laughs> right. and now I'm on like dry, 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 dry right. reds. Yeah, right. well, I don't,
4: well, I thought that that was Missouri wine. I was
0: like, right. you know. Well, that's a lot, when you ask a lot of people about Missouri wine, they go right to, um. The, the, oh my god Grafton like Grafton does the blueberries and the raspberries and the whites. And if you go to Herman, you're at even Adam Poopter does raspberries and black cherry wines. You go to Herman Hoff You know they've got the the white grape sugar wines and do all of that. That's right because that's
5: that's the majority of of people visiting a the winery. They want the sweeter wines, but. If you like dry reds, Missouri has a, a lot to offer. Okay. Yeah, and I love the dry red
4: wine. I'm a, Span- I'm a Spanish wine drinker. I love Riojas and
5: Tempranillos. And-, and... if you like ports, the yeah. Augusta port and the Mount Pleasant Tony port, one of the best ports I've had in the world. I put that up against Portugal any day of the week. Really? Yeah, that's, that's really, really good stuff. I was, I was actually... I, I got to meet the Hoffmans a few months ago and my one complaint to the Hoffmans was that they took their, their Tony port which was like $40 a bottle. They're now charging $80 a bottle. It's worth every penny of $80 a bottle but nobody could figure it out to the Hoffmans had bought the, the winery. And I was like, that's my one complaint is you are charging what it's worth versus... You know, we'd go to the winery and buy two, three, four bottles of... Of their port, For it was hours. so good, and now it's eighty dollars. So, wow, crap! <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but it's worth it. It's yeah. worth every penny. I'll try it. I'll try it. And that was which port did you really like? So the they, the Augusta um, port, they have a few of them. They're all good, and then the Tony port from Mount Pleasant. That's probably oh, one Augusta. of my favorite ports. And and Augusta has a Tony port as well. It's really really good. One.
4: So
5: what makes it tawny? It's just I mean I,
4: I actually it's don't no, know. What can they call it? <laughs> yeah. why do they
5: call it tawny? Yeah, I, I I honestly don't. I mean they're mixing basically brandy and wine. Oh. Okay. Um and then they're mixing multiple years. So I think the oldest they're mixing in there is a twenty five. But you can have some younger ones in there as well. I think the youngest they do so is ten. Tawny was naughty.
0: It took her the poor. Yeah. There you go. That's 40. right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that cigar ball, That cigar bottle is fantastic. Hodge, uh, pour some of that Tom Dew there. That tall bottle there. That is good. Um, Yeah, that
4: that Spanx down more. But the... Yeah, it does. Well, the UK, they know how to do things right. I
5: mean,
4: if you want to give him a Scottish whistle, come on over and this <laughs> one. That's right.
5: There's, there's actually another whiskey about to come out. He and I'm said excited. that's right. Yeah. So there's a, a distillery called Isle of Harris. So Isle of Harris was pretty much a defunct distillery, and a friend of mine ended up buying it. He retired. This was like his retirement project. And he bought Isle of Harris, and they started to produce scotch again. They haven't come out with a scotch yet, and I'm expecting it next year twenty four, but they and in then interim they did a gin, and the gin is one of my favorite gins. They always start with gin. Yeah, start yeah. with gin. It's
4: easy to start. It's the yeah. quickest release. And, yeah. and
5: he, they kept they entered into this you know the, the world best gin competitions. They won. Like, Brand that new gin. Nice. They won the world competition. What region so is it? It's Isla Harris. So it's it's, all it's on all the left out. coast of Scotland. Okay. So it's basically the entire industry of the okay. island, is the distillery. So they came in and really they bought it, grew it, hired all local. If the quality of their gin is anything to indicate the quality of their scotch, then their scotch is going to be good.
4: How long ago did they start? Yeah. They, started, they started this four or five years. ago. Oh yeah, it was it was at least ten years ago. They started. Oh really?
5: Yeah. So they'll be coming out with uh, with scotch pretty soon.
4: That, that's an investment, man. You gotta oh, sit yeah. on that for be patient. 10 years. Well, yeah.
5: It's like when we, we launched Stolock, it's all four year old, and we just launched the distillery last year. But we were working for years prior just to get stuff in barrels so that we could launch with the whiskey. So we kind of, I don't know if we're idiots or we did something right. But no, launched, I, think, I think you did. We it launched right. with the whiskey, I mean, and now the vodka comes out next month. But usually you start with the vodka, yeah. and then Four years, later, you've got, three, four years later, you've got the whiskey.
0: Yeah, I've, I've always heard that distilleries, especially fresh cut or craft distillers, and they start with a vodka or a gin and release it first. The ideal one is that you get product out in the market, you mm-hmm. get your distillate out, and you start creating income. But you place your glass order with the first release. So you know that you're going to have some kind of return on the initial spirit that goes out in the market. Right. So you place your glass order so three years from that point when you go time to bottle your bourbon your scotch your whiskey whatever it is your glass is already in storage you don't have the cost on glass anymore then you back then you backfill the bottles obviously that you have and then you do your labeling process put it out in the market I, idea is that you saved costs by eating costs and earning yeah and food, it's, it's food. a revenue
5: plan right? yeah it's like you know usually when you launch a distillery you build the distillery you sit around for a year waiting for the ttb to approve it and then you can start producing you know, unaged spirits, and then you've got to wait another four years, three four years, to uh, so actually
4: that, produce that's awesome, that money's still pumping out. And yes. it's so
5: expense, We did it yeah. the, the other way around. We work with um, a local distillery to get our stuff in barrels and, and produce our stuff. So Nobletons is who we're working with. They're they're a contract contract distillery with us right now. Phenomenal. Is, is that the that, is that guy that is,
4: is it? Two guys,
5: right? It's, it's what? Well, yeah, Nolan and Demetrius Dim, is the head distiller yeah. there. Nolan, long, lo, he guy long beard. Yeah, that he guy is, is a scientist. He yes. is a genius. Yeah, a when genius. it comes to distilling. Yeah, and we're thrilled that he's also producing stoic for us on a on a contract basis. Nice. And then we're building a new distillery and eventually he'll we'll, we won't even hire them We'll hire some of our own people, uh-huh. but we'll hire. We'll contract with Nobletons to run our people. Yeah. Absolutely. Because he is phenomenally good at what he does. Yeah,
4: I talked to him, and they use like nine different types of corn and. and yeah. Yep. He- all heirloom, all heirloom, heirloom. Yeah, he yeah. grows it all. Yeah. Yep. I'm like,
0: and he's like, when you say he grows it all, like, if you follow, do you follow him on Instagram at all? No. Follow him because you'll see he's on the tractor. He's with the plot, like he. Yep. He doesn't only. He doesn't only grow his own corn. Like he, he Nobleton doesn't just grow their corn. The man behind the, the magic is out there plowing, planting, getting, yeah, pulling, cutting it, putting it in the silo. Like he handles everything. Literally, for, I don't know. There's anyone else that goes grain to glass the way that he
4: does. Like he's, literally, he's it's his farm. It's man. his he's, stuff. Yeah. And I tried. So after I talked with him at uh, the event, Oliver's event, mm-hmm. I I made it a point. I was like, let me go buy his stuff. About the rum, that their their yep.
5: American whiskey. Yeah, Ducky rum and yeah, and yeah, he's got Planters whiskey. All of really it good.
4: Was, all of it was good, man. All of it was amazing. So I'm like, he's doing something right. Yeah, right. he uh he's definitely he's definitely got it together.
0: All right, let's talk about the cigars we got going now and. Uh, Tell us what we poured next. Our little
4: UK exclusive we got here. <laughs> that is a Tamdu cigar malt, which I had never heard of. I had I I've heard of you know the Joseph Magnus cigar malt. That's the first Tamdu I've ever had either. So. Oh okay. Yeah okay. So I have I have another Tamdu that's pretty decent, but it's not as good as this. But um, you know the Dalmore cigar malt. Yeah, Dalmore was always about.
0: king, right? Yeah. The Cigar malt. The idea behind it. Joseph Magnus had the cool label <laughs> on the bottom, that
4: purple and silver, right? So but this is the a bottle a friend of mine was uh, ordering from a British site and he was like, Hey, I found some stuff that you might want and I'm like, All right, order two. I didn't even ask the price. And uh Whoops are cool. No, I mean it's it's up there. Oh, okay, all right, no whoops so that's It's around two two forty. Okay. Then. Um But I think I think it's worth it, man. Like they they do some good stuff and then it pairs so I like the old bones better with this cigar. Cause this has a slight like spiciness. That yeah. I, uh, so, so with this, I, need, I think I need like a, a lighter cigar. Like a, even a, like a Corojo. With the, are, you fi- are you finding that the Tandu's too, too strong? No, I think that the flavor in this is overwhelming. You know, the, uh, the spirit okay, okay. Like that spiciness lingers in my tongue. And then when I taste this, it's still good, but you know, I think it, that a, that's what's cool about these two together is this cigar, like the prominent taste I draw on this,
0: like a toasted cedar. It's just just heavy on the cigar. Very, very little. Um, it, it, there's obviously a spice there because it is drying out my tongue, but the sweetness that comes through on the tom and oh, then so how clean it is. Wow. I mean it's just it, that's a sip and whisk it's just clean across the valley. Good to go. It's like it's like rehydrates and then you go again. You know, it's kinda contrast
5: The tandu? Yeah, I'm doing tandu this it balances very well with this one. What what's this one again? Is that rather
0: is that rather creamy? I've never smoked that. I've never smoked the, yeah, I didn't smoke So, under, uh, so it,
5: it I think it adds depth to the cigar. So the cigar is very light. But you do the tamdu. And it adds like some yeah. robustness a mm-hmm. little bit of spice to the cigar. So I think the the tam du is a bit stronger than this cigar. Yeah. Um but it's it's it works really well together. They play well together. They do play well together. They're in the nice kids. They're playing nicely in the sandbox. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, this is a great cigar though. I mean this I mean it's definitely been sitting. You can tell that because it is calm, it's cool. It's got a very cool smoke to it, like temperature-wise. Like it it doesn't, it is not overheating at all. Um,
4: Good cigar. That's why this and it's box press, so I'm giving you props here. This Ghostly Granger is a soft box press, Uh, not as flat as yours. No, this this one's got this one's definitely got corners to it. Yeah. Yeah. So this, when I first had it, when I first bought it, it was a lot spicier. It was like more prominent. And now that it's been aged for a couple of years, it's like mellowed out. This this is this is one of those times like I don't I don't know that. I mean, obviously,
0: it'd be cool to smoke one originally when they came out. Mm-hmm. But this guy is this guy is chilling. This this is a cigar. I like this. I saw your first ash. I was like, that's clean, man. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. Like great soil content, right? Like you know, magnesium is solid on it. It's good. Colorway is- on colorway on ash. You know that, right? Magnesium
4: versus sulfur. Yeah, 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 What do you think about the uh, Cafe Cubano?
3: Uh, I think I'd like it better if I didn't smoke the foundation first. So I smoked the foundation before. Did you smoke that almond? Uh, it was a it was a, bummer, it was a bummer too. You saw me relight about thank seven you. times. God damn it! Thank you. Right, it burned hard. What is it? The almond from yeah. foundation. It keeps summer all- burning on me.
0: I like the almond, dude. Oh my. Okay, so his his busted. Right, Jay's busted. Right. I bought me and him one. His. Smoked the shit out of it, loved it, great. Mine, I got so I ran out of butane in a lighter trying to keep this damn thing lit. I
3: threw mine in the ashtray. I got tired of it.
0: Where did you get it here?
3: No, I got it downtown. But I, I just got oh. I got tired of fussing with it, right? You know me. You I mean? me. If I got to relight it three times, it's going down. Where did I have it
4: in KC? I think I had it in KC, and I I like this. Cigar.
3: Again, it's a hit and miss, just like he says. Like well, I'm sure he grabs on another
4: one and smokes it, and
0: he goes, "That's a great cigar." Right. My thing though is like maybe we're just unlucky individuals. I, well, I, maybe, but like, dude, it. So, like, for example, I'll draw this in a story. The original Hooligan had a Rosado wrapper on, it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Now we smoked twenty-eight of those cigars, and it was almost comical. Every time we smoked them, either mine would smoke great or his would smoke great. The other one would fall apart when you cut it.
4: It would like, never be. The it was
0: a two and a half year Rosado. It was a beautiful wrapper, but it was so damn sensitive that if you just apply, I mean, if you sneeze, like sneeze and squeeze, the fucking thing would crack. And it was like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, so at that point in time, they were in three packs. So on this math, someone's going to get a three pack and it's all going to suck. So so that's when we switched to the Habano, but I mean, the Habano ended up actually creating the cigar now, which I think was better, but um, it sucks that way. Like I mean, it's such an aesthetically, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. But if, you know, I, I wonder what that was, sitting in that ashtray, I mean, I didn't realize you see, that. Yeah, it I, was, you see yeah. I was tired of I saw you that kept messing with you alive and
1: light. <coughs> crazy, man.
3: But the cafe a good cigar. It's smooth, it's not, uh, you know, it came a little chalky at the light. But There's not
4: much there, right? But no,
3: it, it doesn't really develop much into anything, but it's very, you know, very smooth. It's a little bit of chalky maybe out of there, not sweet at all, but just a little bit of chocolate in there. So. You know, just step, you, you, you want a little more out of it. You think, oh, this is good. Come, 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 But it just doesn't seem to come. God,
1: that's what she said. God, cowboy, what do you think, man? This is the best pour of the day for me.
0: Oh, I, I agree.
1: You're this breaking is, the
0: bourbon, cowboy.
5: This is damn good stuff. Hang <laughs> you know, on, man.
0: We can't be we can't be having two pawn hoppers here. Right? What's well, so a, a, a reverse pawn hopper?
5: I don't know, but let's go to it. Uh, I don't
1: even know anything about helicopter. this, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't get any any of the things I normally don't like out of it. I mean, it's just really good. Tandu is just a few of they make. making.
4: I've
0: always drink. liked their bottles. You know, Their bottles remind me of old gin bottles. The tall, kind of Gatsby, uh, yeah, Gatsby, easy style, yeah. bottles. Um, I just never... In all of my scotch drinking, there was never, no one ever, right, and I mean this, no one, I've seen them for years, nobody was ever like, oh, if you like that, you should try that, right? And that suggestive personality is kind of what gets you through cigars and bourbon, right? So what makes it so unique, you know? I mean, how many, I've talked about this a million times, everybody's a label whore, I don't care what you say, the first sense, the sense that you use when you walk into a bar or a cigar lounge are your eyes, Okay. When something looks cool, you go, ooh, what's that? Right? Hey, what's that what's that behind that bottle over there? Oh, okay, cool. All right. You wanna see it, you just wanna know what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Draws you to it. Uh, but no one's ever offered Tomdu or Tamdu. Is it Tamdu? Tamdu. Tamdu?
1: No the one's ever offered up. it. It's 280, great. Oh shit. Alright. Here's the thing though. What did I, I, I tell don't... you about him? Yeah, <laughs>
0: that 185 might be two hundred now.
1: Shit. I think this cigar and this makes the drink really good for me and I don't know It would, I think it would be totally different if I wasn't smoking this cigar with what cigar it. are you smoking uh, Piggy Smalls oh yeah the Piggy Smalls, yeah, Piggy, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> Piggy Smalls
4: the Cowboys smoking the
1: Piggy Smalls and it's just got yeah everything in here is just really complimenting that very well bacon. <laughs> hey I think that's an underrated
4: little cigar man That, that that's a good little smoke it is is that a Sir Louis blend? Uh, they have an exclusive, but that's an Edgar Sued. Uh, so I think the, uh, the Sir Louis one, I think, might be Corojo.
1: Uh, uh, well, that's his, the Corojo you gave him, you
4: said? Or the Sir Louis is. Uh, you said Corojo. Sir. Sir Louis has, I think, um, their binder is Broadleaf. Uh, I think that's okay. the difference. Okay. And I love Broadleaf Anchorage. I Crowley. love Broadleaf Anchorage? Yeah. Okay. Those yeah. are my uh, go to. Talk about Broadly. Love Broadleaf. Let me find out what that is.
1: Well, it's so crazy with these scotches, the last two. That was kind of like, you know, I already said the pop rocks popping around, but then this one is just really, it's really smooth. And I, I think this cigar has a lot to do with it, mm-hmm. but I really like that. Oh, I'll tell you right now, that Tam, dude, that that
0: beats the shit out of Dalmore Cigar Malt. It does. It's so much more rich. So. Um, and it's got I mean, a the more color, of a direct right? flavor. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I, I will never, never not have Dalmore cigar malt. Right? I'll pour it. Uh, I'll, I'll drink on it. Uh, I'll order it. But this, the the actual flavor wheel is is so so. It's it's more rich. Let's just go there. Mm-hmm. It's got more base to it. Yeah. Like more volume is involved in that bottle. And it's not like it's like Dalmore. like
4: proof wise. It's not overwhelming. Okay. It's like no, I don't mean that at all. Yeah. No, I'm no, I'm just talking like the like the
0: flavor play. Yeah. yeah.
5: It gets your cheeks. It gets your gums. I mean, it's it's a toss around. It's a mouthwash. It's, a, it's also very interesting that these two Scotch are in non-colored bottles. Right. So, well, a lot of scotches have the colored bottles because they, I know they you've lush. only been
0: here
4: for their life. Yeah, they, years. they get the
5: the the you know the, the cloudy appearance as uh, as they're bottled. These two are in clear bottles, which is actually really good for American market. American market requires the clear bottles. They want to see it. Scotch can get away with it with a colored bottle, so it's very interesting. They're confident enough in their product. Their product, there's it's, it's a clear bottle, because so that that says something.
1: So what about beer? Let's you talk about beer.
5: I've been oh a Miller God, High God, Life boy
1: since day one. Forget,
3: right, the <laughs> clear
1: bottle of Miller High Life champagne of beers, clear bottle, so Budweiser, dark. All the bottles are dark, and then Miller <laughs> High Life. I mean, All right. Yours is a Mexican San Andreas,
4: It's you th- aged three years. See, I love that Mexican. And then the uh, the binder is broadleaf, oh, yeah. Pennsylvania broadleaf, the original. Really? Yeah. Interesting. interesting. And then um, the uh, the filler is Dominican, uh, which they don't they don't give uh, the details on it, but yeah. but Pennsylvania broadleaf, you can't go wrong Oh sure, you, know, so you cannot. What you know about that Pennsylvania broadleaf?
1: I like it. I know you (laughs) do. I know. So, you smoked all three of our cigars. Which one do you feel like? Because he always asked me, I think we all go through little trials and tribulations through our three cigars. Um, But. I think so much goes into it because it's just like, okay, I, I maybe I have an attachment to the Cyclops because it's the first one we did, mm-hmm. but that Pennsylvania Broadleaf and that Lajero is so different than anything else. Uh, I don't think many people have ever had a chance to smoke that before in a cigar. Mm-hmm. And I call it a cool smoke because not like a menthol, but it just has just such a good uh, flavor profile when I smoke it, it's amazing. And the other two cigars... Are... The Reaper, the Reaper is
5: my... The new one, right? The Reaper? Well, no, no, no,
1: the Cyclops is the very first one. Okay. That's the one with the Anchor and the... And the right, uh, which,
5: which is the new one?
1: That's the Reaper. The Reaper,
5: The Reaper. I think, was actually my favorite.
1: So the Reaper, the great thing about that, and uh, listen, I mean, Mark is a tobaccoist, and I've learned a lot through him, but that Double Maduro wrapper, I was just like, the first time I smoked it, there was so much smoke. I was like, wow, this is like a campfire. This fucker just loved the Mm -hmm. smoke out of that thing. It's just crazy. And that wrapper, it's different aged wrappers on that double Maduro, which I think even adds a little bit more to that cigar. And um, anyway, one of the fun things that we're talking about doing now is, is because we've had these three packs out for a long time and we really like them. I think it's been fantastic for us, but I think we're gonna try to release, um, he's gonna do the hooligan, and I'm gonna do the Cyclops, but we're gonna bring it out in a box with a different size. Nice. Um, this year for the humidors, but it was just like the hooligan, it's fantastic. And then Mark, all of a sudden he's calling me he's like, dude. They sent me like, I don't know, 75 cigars, and there they're like super Toros. And we started smoking those, and we were like, "Wow, it, it is amazing to me." And a, a lot of this is due to Mark because when I first started smoking cigars, I was very um, very spicy, and um, the, the cigars that I was getting that from at the time were bigger cigars, like 660s especially the Asylum, which is pretty much a Nicaraguan Puro, which for Asylum, that's a little unusual for them because that's one that is a Nicaraguan Puro that I really love. But now, through him over the last four years or so, I've got to learn and smoke so many different varieties um, of cigars um, and you can get that same richness in a lot of different sized cigars. But it is amazing to me how you know our cigars and the different sizes are it's just it's a different smoke so the hooligan's is the one with the pins, uh, with the broadleaf right no cyclops is
4: the cyclops
1: yeah the very binder. first one
4: so what is what is the what is the hooligan the hooligan is a two-year habana with a lava binder and double arrow filler so the, the cyclop has is it mexican san andreas wrapper yes yes and then pinto vega leaf, and binder uh, uh Pennsylvania Broadleaf and the
1: Leaflander. And then Pennsylvania and they grow on layout. That's why it uh, They're all good. It, and that's why yeah, guy I people are just like they and even Mark was telling me he goes, dude I didn't even know anything about Pennsylvania. It's a flavorful cigar.
0: Well I never good. knew. So even 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 with with you know the years of nerd I've gotten tobacco, I've already know, always known a Pennsylvania broadleaf, right? That's what it's grown for, you know, right. because because of the, the way the the temperatures alter, the season, the quick interaction season changes they have, broadleaf just gets so much flavor involved in it, being out of the Pennsylvania Valley, right? Then we're looking at this blend and, and I'm talking to the Miguel, they're doing the blending for us. I'm like, hey, I want to do this, I want to do that. He goes, I need to look, it's a hero. And I went, what? I don't and the plant got that. Like, I thought you guys like cut the damn head off and just save the broadleaf, that's what you're known for. like literally hectic acres are bought by Placencia, Drew Estate, the Drome, like everybody buys to use that broadleaf. He goes, yeah, okay, so what happens in that cigar, the reason that cigar, like when you hear those two different Lajeros, immediately you go, oh, that's too much, right? The reason that cigar, the strength in that cigar never gets above a medium, right? And it never does. Pennsylvania Lajero (coughs) treats so differently. Pennsylvania Lajero is more of a gin spiced finish it's very floral it's, it's it's got a bite to it but it's very 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 floral it's not like the so it's or, or incredibly unique ligero because you're not talking ligero that you get like you said in south american countries where all of that richness shoots to the top and then that sun-grown portion takes care of the rest it's just enriched it's potent it's heavy it's it's almost uh, have you ever chewed did you chew the Haro at all when you were done there? No, but I did smoke it. Okay, I'll I'll get so I'll have Luciano send some lehero over. Okay. Just chew it. It'll, it'll numb the side of your mouth. yeah. yeah. Like it it is fucking potent. Well, even Dominican lehero is. It, Lajero, I'm saying lehero. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I'm not just talking Nicaragua. I'm just talking lehero. It it yeah. will numb the side of your mouth. It, it's it's almost like a, a funny leaf. You know what I'm saying? Eat yeah.
3: something. Don't sit there and swallow
0: it. No. I mean, it, it, it literally, I mean, it, it's it's potent in a, a not-so-good way. So, All right. We're going to do a little bonus episode, okay? Just because um, we're having a lot of fun and we're talking a lot, but I do have to end this one just because of some time restraints for yeah. iTunes. So, guys, we're going to cut this down. Uh, we'll be right back. There'll be two episodes that upload tonight, so I'm not even going to do the goodbyes on this. FFK stands in Stone Tribe. We'll all jump in soon. Stolak Whiskey will do their thing at the end as well. We'll be right back and we'll get this thing going. Patreon, you guys hang out. We're going to keep this thing rolling.